and welcome to Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple. I'm Benno. I'm JP. And I'm Gareth. And we're here, we're early, in a number of ways. It's a Sunday, uh, we're recording. I uh, mm. thought we'd get this one out promptly uh, after uh, after some pay-per-view on last night. We thought it might be worth recording. It's uh, it's not even at nine o'clock yet, so there's every chance uh, we might be, be done by midnight tonight, lads, as well. I think there's any chance, JP? Probably not, knowing Based on the pre-show, views. probably not. We just went 40 on the pre-show. <laughs> it, it, uh, it's a red rag to a ball. So I think what we'll do is try and produce a podcast to rival what the pay-per-view was in length. And obviously, the pay-per-view we're talking about is um, New Japan's Battle in the Valley. Mm. So come here for your big hot takes on Moose versus Juice. Oh, saying that on the pre-show. Like, uh, you were saying, God, you didn't even know that pay-per-view was on last night. But like they put it on like during the main event, during the biggest match in North America this year. No, maybe not even North America, the world going on. New Japan decided to break into the English market by also having a pay-per-view on fight uh, where you could exclusively get it in English language commentary. I know Meltzer and the Observer lads made the trip, but I think even they were regretting it. Well, like, who, who, the, who the fuck makes that decision? Like, you know, you know, when you've got like, you know, like look at things and the problems that New Japan have had over the last couple of years, and like so much of it has been like not of their own making, but there's been like so much that has been of their own making. Mm-hmm. You just take a step back and look at something like that, and you're like, who who signs off on that? Who decides to go to run at the same time as that and thinks it's a good idea, that it's a money-generating idea? Like, a, pro- a promotion who bans GIFs and videos from Twitter. <laughs> true. <laughs> They're like AAA, JP. You you talking. It's true, isn't it? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, AAA at least do it in a kind of vaguely comical way. This is just like kind of needlessly self-destructive. We don't want you to talk or show any pictures from our shows, but we want you to pay for them. Mm. Um, and by the way, we're going to put them up against this other show because, come on, it's New Japan in the USA. It's obviously more important than AEW. It's, oh. uh, yeah. My Twitter timeline, like I said before, was just like wall to wall. You know, Kenny's done this, Hangman's done this, and it was going a million miles an hour. A bit like the grapple up was last night. It just kept going and going and going. You know, busy night for everyone. And then, like, you get like one tweet from Brian or Vinny or like someone else from FOW going, oh, John Rock just turned up, which like okay, cool. Million tweets above and below it. Um, yeah, I don't know what they were thinking, um, but yeah. Oh well, at least someone's covering it. Um, those uh, those ghetto books are going far, but yeah. I mean, how are we, how, how are we today? By the way, lads, I know you didn't stay up. JP Gareth, you were uh, you were up late for the uh, for the paper. You stayed up for the uh, for the entire thing. Feeling okay? Feeling yeah, sprightly? Yeah. No, no, I'm feeling fucked. But like, you know. <laughs> another reason we're a bit earlier tonight. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was it was one of them. Like I think I was by the time I'd like packed up and things like that, going up, back up to bed. I think it was like five fifteen, and then I was like looking at my clock, looking at my phone, and setting the alarm for seven fifteen for fucking needed to be up for Alex's football this morning. Like his, they were in like the early fixture at the place and. It was just like, oh, come on. Could I not have just caught a break and it had been like a late game this weekend? But like, yeah, running on a two hours kip today. Not feeling not feeling great. Not feeling great. So yeah, well, definitely uh, definitely don't want to be going until 1am tonight. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I didn't, honestly, <laughs> I don't think I was in bed when you were getting up. Like I, I watched the, um, 
post-show scrum as well. And then it was on an Emma. It was like, you know, we're going to get into the pay-per-view and stuff, but you're kind of wired from a big night as well. And it's like the last kind of last thing I want to do was sleep. I think it's probably like half oh, seven in the morning before I slept. But that's kind of, kind of been my weekend, really. It's just been AW. Like, stayed up for Rampage on Friday, got up on Saturday and did a... Obviously, we did our weekend preview on Friday, JP. Did another preview on True Heel Heat mm-hmm. on Saturday afternoon. Had a quick nap. Then it was the pay-per-view. Slept all day today, rewatched Punk and Kingston a million times, which also we will get into, and then we're podcasting about it. That's just uh, our lives. But anyone get up to anything more interesting now? You, JP, you were clever. You waited till this morning to watch it. Maybe that's. Uh... I did. Yeah, I watched no I time. I kind of think die. you're a coward, so I've lost a bit of respect for you, but maybe you're the same. Maybe it's a smart. I don't know if it's cowardice. I just fancy. I just thought I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be no use <laughs> if I stay up till silly o'clock to to watch this. So I decided to kind of go for the whole shebang today, really. And um, yeah, in summary, fuck me, that was long. Um, <laughs> but like, I, I wouldn't have been able to operate today. There was like sort of stuff I had to do. So I ended up, yeah, like I say, no time to die Saturday night. Mm. Ireland beating the All Blacks. Um, Luxembourg have just had a goal disallowed against Ireland. <laughs> thank God. Love of um, yeah, very un- unhappy. That's on at the same time um, for third place in that group. So, yeah, I, I kind of had a weekend like embracing other sports, the yeah. T20 Cricket World Cup final. And then, um, yeah, because there's no FPL. Well, it's, it's Arsenal-Liverpool next Saturday, so that'll be a chastening experience, no doubt. So I did all of that stuff. And then today's been like just AEW day, mm. yeah. where I've, I've watched all of that. I started off with the countdown special and through the buy-in and the rest of it. Been AW weekend, I reckon. But uh, yeah, yeah, I know you you were out watching the uh, some not. I was going to say non league. Is it non league? Lower league on Saturday, Gareth. Non- <laughs> I don't want to. I don't offend any Marine fans out there in case any listen. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, non league FA Trophy first round. Um, oh, absolutely cracking stuff. It was like the match that had absolutely everything. It was like Marine went two 0 up and fucked it up. Like it went back, so it like went back to two two. So you had like the drama of that, but also interspersed in between that, you had like the floodlights failed, which meant that the game just like had to be like called off for about like half an hour or something like that. It turned out that like one of the Dunstan players who was playing against Marine was um, he was a Sparky, so uh, <laughs> yeah. he, he was uh, while it, while the other lads were doing like warming up, just uh, trying to. Uh, you know, stay warm, stay do the stretches and all that while they, the game was uh, game was off. He, he was there, like on the phone to somebody back home in uh, Newcastle, just like talking through the process of trying to get these uh, floodlights uh, back going again as well. So I think that's got to be like, I mean, how many times has that happened in football, like <laughs> where a player has had to try and fix the uh, fix the floodlights in a uh, in like a proper match? So that was a. Uh, that was a, that was one of those that I put that down to my I was there moments when that happens. But there's a there's a fucking red card. There was a massive like kickoff like between the two benches where they're probably going at it and you know go pull his leg out to dive in and join the uh, join the kickoff. Uh, went to a penalty shootout at the end that went down to the last penalty as well. It was like what what, what more do you want for eight quid? Was, uh, yeah. <laughs> all the uh, all how, the how fun of non league. There was twelve hundred there, like so. It was a it was a you know, cracking, cracking crowd as well. Oh, they've, they've just got it. I mean, I was talking last week about going to that Mosley Working game away, where it was, uh, despite the a bit of a kickoff with the Working lads, there was, um, you know, decent stuff there with like good beer and things going on. Like the Marine here, they've just sorted. They've got like the Love Lane beer on there. Um, 
you can um, have got like a pizza out <laughs> a pizza thing making like everyone's just sitting around like fucking eating these uh, nine quid pizzas and uh, supping nice <laughs> beer and that it's just like what a great afternoon out just go and sit and watch a bit of non-league and just have some nice beer and a decent bit of scram they even do fucking vegetarian hot dogs as well so you know oh. catering for me there as well it was uh, <laughs> tell you what it, non, non-league is where it's at but the rest need to step the game up could I say that the equivalent I think of, right, of that um, do Mm. I suppose there's pies at GPW. I don't know where else you'd uh, <laughs> there's good school. I believe there was a tide lot had the good food and stuff. Um, Riptide. Oh, Riptide. Used to do that. Mm. Yeah, Riptide did had good food and beer selection. Hipster wrestling. And yeah, but d- dare I say it, kind of at least somewhat nutritious hipster wrestling as opposed to <laughs> drinking pure <laughs> Yeah, that's true. But like the York Hall, sorry to come back to that. <laughs> that fucking <laughs> I'm still disgusted by it. Like, honestly, just need to fire everyone involved and get some decent fucking food in there. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say, like, uh, we looked at the picture of the uh, the, the electrician uh, <laughs> fixing the uh, the floodlights in the, in the pre-show. There, like, the, the Brit Res equivalent of that would be like when you're at a show and like the ring breaks and like T-bones like. <sighs> just he's out there with a little fucking spanner <laughs> trying to fix it. Like I've seen him do that when he's literally been in the match. So you know, it's not that different. <laughs> he's got a use, isn't he? For that, I mean, that <laughs> I is one of those. That's weird... why he got in the WWE UK Championship tournament. That oh. was um, five years ago in uh, in January. That he, uh, he he was just like, oh, he's brought the ring. Might as well give him well, a book. <laughs> he can fill a gap here. Sorry, I got distracted by Jonah Rock's debut, which uh, appeared to be attacking Moose. Oh, JP is live watching New Japan, by the way, for uh, for audio listeners to it. Well, not live, but... He's shouting at the minute. Fine. He'll do well there. Good luck to him. Come on for Luxembourg or something. He hasn't. Still nil-nil half an hour ago. Very (laughs) delicately placed, but I'll keep people up to date with it. How many screens you got, though? Three at the moment. <laughs> it's like fucking. It's, it's, like, it's like Minority Report in your house. JP, <laughs> Soccer Sunday with JP. Uh, yeah. Oh, there you go. I was going to say, if we have any internet problems, uh, we might know where they're coming from, but let's uh, let's touch yeah. wood. But uh, <laughs> I was going to say, we're going to, uh, obviously today, it's going to be a show where we mainly talk uh, the big show uh, from last night, which again, is why we're doing this uh, a bit earlier, but JP will keep us up to date with uh, with New, Jap- New Japan happenings and the uh, and the like. Obviously, we called an audible. We were planning on doing uh, a Patreon bonus show tonight. We're doing our, uh, a five to one with Matty, aren't we? We're going to be talking our, uh, mm-hmm. our favourite wrestlers of all time. I think favourite. Favorite rather than best is that is that, is that the best way of doing it? Oh, favorite. Yeah, yeah, there's favorites. very much like a personal kind of element to why, mm. isn't it? Yeah, rather than it's a different conversation, isn't it? Yeah, it's not like any of us have got like. Sorry, you just know. you get a text there with like the scores from some island non-league or something, JP. <laughs> Oh, what is it? Is it getting interference? Yeah, I just heard that. that. That's all right. Uh, it might have been. It might have been me. I was just checking oh. my NFL fantasy team. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the important stuff. Um, <laughs> but yeah, five to one with Matty JP. That's on the. Uh, that's coming on. Yes. The, we're doing that Tuesday instead now. Instead of you know, we'll have uh, spot we'll move things around. It makes it made more sense. We couldn't have sat here in all it good did. faith. And I'd like. I know we've just wasted like you know an hour or whatever on the pre-show. But I think we'd be the sat here trying to talk our five favorite wrestlers of all time and not talk full gear. It'd be a bit silly. So yeah, that's coming Tuesday and uh, plenty of other stuff on the Patreon JP. 
Oh, loads of stuff at the moment. Quite a back catalogue on there. I mean, I'd point out a couple of shows, uh, which sort of had a had a um, recently the Zack Sabre Junior um, uh, mixtape going through his career. That was with uh, Alan Farrell and Chris Lane, a couple of brilliant guests. Um, yeah, really enjoyed doing that. Obviously, as well, I'd like to mention as well the Jamesy show that we did about Brian Danielson. So mm. we're going to be talking Brian Danielson in a bit. Go back and have a listen to that. Um, we've always got our weekend previews. We've got our daily updates as well. Um, be intrigued to see what what news has come out that I'll be uh, sort of going along and basically calling shit for the most part for at least <laughs> six minutes of your lives. So, yeah, have a listen to that at patreon.com forward slash grapple. Yeah, and you can get the uh, weekend show on Friday where me and JP will be previewing the weekend's action and to answer Dylan's question in the chat they're probably not going to, to your call but um, listen to us and uh, we'll uh, talk all about it there but mm. <laughs> we'll see uh, not, not a your call main event for me but anywho <laughs> we've got two it's, repro it's chats here it's fucking place isn't it sorry to slag it off yet again we all that really like it as well I know you got to convince me to go to that build another thing, but I had other things going on anyway, yeah. so I never would have been able to, to make it. But listen to us talk that on Friday. Um, but other than that, should we uh, we should get into the other main uh, topic we're going to be talking about today. Uh, without any further ado, it is full gear from uh, from last night um, or this morning. If you're JP, uh, I think AEW pulled the blinder here because like we're usually we'd be t- catching up uh, with Dynamite and then Rampage here. We did a bit of Dynamite talk on the the weekend show. I'm glad we haven't got a really recap rampage because what a fucking shit show go home show that was to the pay-per-view i mean not a shit show but like a non-event like there were a lot of highlight videos and you know i'm not sure if matt hardy on screen celebrating his big win is a is a great way to uh to get you excited for the page i feel like if it wasn't also in minnesota uh i think i feel like the people that would rightfully be asking for refunds i think the fact that most of the people in the building on friday were probably going on saturday as well helps <laughs> um but yeah if you're somebody who's like for whatever reason you have plans on the saturday or something and you went to that like, yeah i saw matt hardy headline and hangman page in a backstage segment you probably wouldn't be very happy or uh, or hype for the show no it was like a kind of quite bland like rampage to be honest i i, I was more much more excited about watching the countdown show yeah you did a really good job with rampage. that yeah, and 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 that was I remember saying that before before we were on the weekend show. Like that's they're normally completely great. I really enjoy them. They always film some really interesting extra content. It just felt like Rampage was a show. Mm. It was a show for having the sake of a show and being able to get a load of dark and dark elevation taping stuff in. But yeah, kind of really nondescript in the in the run up to a pay per view. Yeah. Yeah, pointless. Basically, it was like one of them that I caught. I caught. I caught up with right before the show, and I was like, "That was an hour I couldn't." Like, again, the complete side of me. Mm. You know, I'd, there's no way I would have been leaving it unwatched, kind of thing. But of it course. was one of them where it just felt totally mm. inconsequential. Really, it just, yeah, just didn't, didn't feel like it added added anything to to what what would come. So yeah, thank fuck we weren't having to somehow talk about. Um, <laughs> talk about rampage for half an hour or something like that as part think, of this week's well, show. I think they knew man. they knew that they're like it was like okay this will get lost in the uh, the news cycle anyway. We'll throw some promo packages in there. It'll be fine. Um, but yeah, any other week that and the rating was pretty rough for it as well. But I think that goes to the uh, the lack of big names on there unless you uh, you count my Hardy. But yeah, I mean, did you watch? You talk about being a completist, Garrett. Did you watch the uh, the buy in uh, in getting ready for this uh, this pay per view? 
Yeah, I did. I always always watch those because again they always have that little the half an hour documentary thing or that the JP was saying saying about they always have that as like the first half hour, don't they? And it's always just so well produced. It's just such a nice, easy watch kind of thing that. You know, while obviously we're entirely up to date with the um, feuds and stuff like that, you do get that nice bit of a nice bit of extra content, don't you? It always just feels a bit like reminiscence to me of you know a lot of like what UFC used to do back in the day that just kind of just maybe just got you invested in people or you know they humanised, yeah, just create a reason for the match to be happening or something like that with a little bit of you know a little bit of story behind it. And again, I always think it. Um, I always think it works well for that for the for the lead in, and then and then when you then do actually get to the, you know, when they're in the the arena for the second half hour, then it's always you know it just makes that sort of like not overstates welcome either kind of thing. Mm. You can just get that one match, you know, get it in and out, and um, you know just set you up for the for the main show without it feeling like there's, I suppose the the WWE equivalent where you've got. Five people sat around a table speaking bollocks, filling time for a fucking hour and a half or something like that. You know, this mm. definitely feels like it's a bit kind of snappier and to the to the point and a bit more bit more focused. But um, the match itself, it was I was just like fucking Hikaru Shida and uh, Thunder Rosa as a, as a as a tag team. I was just like amazing, just like hook that to my hook that to my veins. Like two of my favourite women's wrestlers there tagging up and um, yeah, just uh, getting in there with like Jamie Ater, who's obviously class, and um, you know Nyla Rose, who's you know continues to develop. I'm not going to sit here and say she's uh, she's great or anything yeah. like that, but the improvement is definitely like on an upward trajectory, which is which is you know good 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 to see as well so that was a match where i was thinking like no I, this isn't just something that i'm watching because it's there it's something that i'm watching because i actually want to watch this and i'm like excited about watching it which again for a uh, for a buying buying shows uh pretty decent too yeah i mean we've moved on a long way haven't we from the days of um you know the librarians and glacier and no legs being on these oh, <laughs> these yeah. three shows i uh like i know the match was you know fine it was a good like exhibition of like the people it's funny it's like no, my take kind of on Rampage was it felt like they just they re- there weren't that many people who weren't on this pay per view because as we're gonna get to, there's a fucking long pay per view with a lot of main talent on it, and like that 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 Rampage was just like throwing a bone to people who like who somehow found themselves not on the thing. So that's kind of what this felt like here, as well as like a a bit of you know a bit of setup for the individual um, singles matches mm-hmm. in the uh, in the TBS tournament, JP, but like a, a decent little match. It fulfills a purpose, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Um... I do always kind of think ultimately when, you know, thinking about the women's division, the fact that, you know, you've got one match on the, on the buy and you've only got the one match on the pay-per-view. I was just starting to like kind of almost get the run of myself watching it going, wouldn't it be interesting if there was like, if TBS or TNT actually just gave them an hour to produce an all women's television show that hasn't really been done mm. on a kind of national slash international scale before. Um, because I think that would be like kind of a really interesting concept. I'm not saying it would be great straight away or stuff like that, but it just kind of makes me think that there's it's all this fighting for kind of airspace, and it felt like this is like a kind of easier thing to put on the kind of buy-in as well. Um, I mean, as a match, I, th- I thought fine. I went three stars on it. It was like mm-hmm. kind of perfectly serviceable entertaining stuff, mm. but it did make me think that there's kind of much more stuff that, um, you kind of could and should be doing because I think if they had their own television, had their own television product, then you could have a tag team belt and stuff like that. 
And then I think it gets interesting because I think women's tag wrestling feels like a completely underdeveloped era. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there really isn't like even on the indies or anything else, there didn't seem to kind of demand. I mean, Impact have their wrestlers. So, yeah, they're all going to be in the TBS tournament. They're going to be pushing that over the next few weeks. That's why the match is on here. It serves a purpose for what it is, but there's a lot more that they could be doing with them. I think Sheeda and Thunder Rosa in particular. Mm. No, I think that's that's uh, that's absolutely fair. But no, I thought it was a good way to kind of um, get us going um, and get us there. But we had uh, we also had the uh, the segment as well where uh, Tony Schiavone spoke with uh, with best friends and uh, it was announced Butcher and Blade were going to be facing Orange Cassidy and a partners choosing from the uh, from the Chaos Stable. I know uh, apparently that was uh, that was teased by Tony, wasn't it? After uh, after Rampage on Friday, could probably talk about this here because they didn't really even have a segment to reveal this. I don't think it was just kind of oh. Ishii's going to be on Dynamite on Wednesday, but lads, <laughs> Ishii's going to be on Dynamite on Wednesday. This was the setup. I don't know about this is like setup for bringing Ishii to your company. That like, you know, it's kind of funny that they're like, oh, Orange Cassidy and the lads are in chaos, and it was like, oh, okay, cool. I suppose that fits. But then using it as a mechanism to bring in Ishii, especially against like the Butcher and the Blade. Apparently, um, Butcher's been off on tour with her every time I die. <laughs> He's bringing him back just for the Wednesday because I think Tony was saying on the uh, the post-show scrum that it's a, it's a dream match of him. I mean, okay. <laughs> it's Ishii on a Wednesday. I'm not going to complain, but yeah, I did find this angle a little bit odd. Cassidy, Cassidy said he was, he was going to bring in one of his dogs. <laughs> and you're just like that was that, 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 that's how we introduce Ishii playing. Like, yeah, <laughs> could be a pit bull but because, like, because they couldn't just say chaos because otherwise it, people would have just gone Akada. Oh, they? that happened on Friday because that is what they said. Because Shivani said something like, "Oh, does Shivani sorry?" Um, Tony said something like, "Oh, you know, it might be who you think, but it might not be who you think. We'll see." And it was like, hmm, I wonder because they're both in the country, aren't they? Obviously, with the uh, the New Japan show, they are. I'm watching Akada versus Buddy Matthews as we speak, and also Shane Duffy scoring a goal from a, a set piece <laughs> for Ireland as well to make it 1 0. So, uh, eagle eye viewers can see me keeping away on that. I mean, it, it's yeah, yeah, um, it's a weird one. It's just a weird fit with best friends. Mm. It, it, it doesn't feel like as good a use of Ishii if you're bringing him in because how long is he going to be over here for as well? I mean, He's not involved in tag league, is he? Mm, I don't believe. I so. don't know. So if he's not involved in that, he could be over here for a little bit. Mm. I fear we could see him turning up on Impact as well, doing a load of tapings for them. It'll be the kind of usual. It feels like he's going to get the kind of tour that they're all kind of having, where you get to appear on AW for a couple of matches, and then you get to do some New Japan USA stuff, and then you get to go into Impact and a few other indies and the rest of it. But it's it's not very focused and it's not a natural fit. It'll make for some, probably some fun comedy with orange Cassidy and Ishii, depending on how much Ishii's willing to go along with it. But it's not like Ishii comes in and has like a 10 minute fucking war with someone, you know, which is kind of ultimately, if you bring in Tom here or Ishii, that's the best use of it. It's it's like a great uh, buddy cop movie that. Ishii and Orange Cassidy. <laughs> there's the there's the marriage with that. But like, it's like when I was. Uh, did you watch uh, Did you watch Impact at all this week? Like, I haven't watched it. But when I was putting it on the app, and it was like Minoru Suzuki versus Caleb with a K. Yeah. And I was like, is it? Is it, it was like, is this where we're getting to? Is this where we're getting to now? It's Suzuki that he's in there with Caleb with a K for a minute. I was like, is this where we're going to get to with Ishii as well? That we're just. Um, 
I don't know. It's uh, taken the taken the the gloss off things with things with that, but yeah, it's one of those where it'll just be fun just to see him, like you say, on your on your TV on a Wednesday night. But you'd you'd wish you'd hope it was someone that he could just get his teeth into a bit more, really, isn't it? You know, that's what you'd be that, that's what you'd be looking for, really. But hey, it'll be it'll be nice to see him different yeah, environment. It'd be good to see him get his teeth stuck in, rather like uh, Ogbené did for Ireland's second goal. Uh, <laughs> uh, for, through ball from Jeff Hendrick. So, <laughs> two nil. This is going to be a fun full game, report. <laughs> but no, like Darren says in the in the chat there, yeah, Danielson in, in the post show scrum as well was saying he was upset by it because he wants that match. Maybe we're uh, we're getting to that. Maybe that could be a rampage match or uh, or something. It screams a rampage match to me. Maybe we. Uh, Maybe we get there somehow rather than yeah, this uh Ishii cast of the uh our ball team like uh like Peter said there. But yeah, we uh we went from that um kind of underwhelming uh, angle and a decent little match on the uh, on the pre show into our main show. Um exactly four hours uh, the show lasted. Uh I thought at least Tony Khan's a, a man of his word. Um although in part, it felt <laughs> that four hours, um, which I'm sure we can uh, we can get into. But yeah, I appreciated like the ad. Um, I like the setup as well, Gareth. Hello, anytime there's like a slightly different staging and stuff for the uh, for the pay per views. Like there's been a couple hours and there are pay per views where it's been like ah, that's just a dynamite set. Like that's just especially the empty arena era. They really made no effort. But like I think the last last paper we were kind of complaining about that. So that's always nice to see a bit of a presentation to go behind this and uh, and get going for what felt like a a stack show yeah i think it's one of those where it just makes it just feel a bit more special doesn't it and uh, and when you kind of like when you when you're turning on turning on and you're first like tuning in and it's just like it, it looks different it feels different then it just mm. just makes it just feel a bit more special and just makes it just feel a little bit more big time as well really so uh, and memorable too when they're they're able to do stuff um like you you know up and down the uh, up up and down the ramp or different entrance ways and and things like that that they they do it definitely makes things make makes things jump out so yeah it was it was one of those where show starts looks fucking great and you know you're uh, you you know was fucking well up for it anyway again with all the build up and you know watching watching the sort of the preview show again and things like that beforehand and that so yeah just coming on and it just looking looking great in the building as well just just gets you going doesn't it. Definitely, yeah, definitely. And then, you know, they go from that to like me and JP were saying, Gareth, on like the weekend show, like how would you lay this card out? And I've I've definitely as I normally do, it is me, I'll have some critique about how they laid this card out in some in some fashion. But I genuinely didn't expect to kick off with Darby Allen at MJF. Like that was never a consideration to me. We can maybe talk as we get later into the car whether it was the best decision or not. Uh, although I think there are maybe other uh, offenders rather than this, but it felt in the moment like an inspired decision because those two lads went out there and had fucking, as far as I'm concerned, a banger of a match and, you know, a match that benefited from, you know, a lively crowd. You know, it was great to see, you know, I mentioned there about the uh, the, the, the different um, stage and, you know, Darby coming out on his, on his skateboard down there and had MJF doing at the uh, the intros. What was it? The uh, Something like he, he, the man who can beat Darby Allen with a with a headlock takeover. You know, he came out looking, I'm not so sure, sure, sure on how good his, uh, his bathrobe looked, but, you know, we had proper, you know, pay-per-view attire. Darby had, you know, the, the big video as much as Jim Ross tried to uh, to talk over it, um, which might be a, a consistent thing we talk about through this show, but it felt big time. And then the two lads went out there and I felt like they had a 
big time match. To be honest, this might be up there with my, my favorite matches of the show. They were, you know, doing a, uh, a, f- a few different things in this match as far as, you know, the structure goes and, and the like, you know, and uh, the you know, leg slalom of, of MJF in there. And the, I suppose MJF showing off a little bit more of like, you know, maybe more, not technical exchanges, but like more back and forth in the early match rather than just being a, a stall and heel. He was kind of, going move to move with with Darby Allen but I think what I mainly enjoyed about it was just the uh, the brutality of MJF and you know adding a couple of power bombs to his arsenal hitting MJF some particularly you know a couple of uh of brutal bumps in there and yeah just this felt like a big time match it felt like there's something that could be a main event at some point down the line but to me uh, JP felt like the uh, the perfect opener at least in the moment mm. I, I think when we were speaking about this on the weekend on the preview, we were worried about his getting yeah. lost in the shuffle. There's a lot of stuff on there, and we never predicted it would open. Didn't even in the benefit with the benefit of hindsight, perfect move. Um, I didn't expect this to be as good as it was, um, but it was just it felt like it was the perfect kind of match placement for it. Um, it was, it was, you know. I thought one of the things mentioned about the kind of different type of things that MJF could do, it was the fact that he had someone smaller than mm. him or around his size that I felt that like felt incredibly important. Because I think of the other great matches he's had, and they're primarily against like Jungle Boy, you know, in that famous, you know, the four pillows, which um, <laughs> another is he the com- is he the comfiest of them in those analogy without <laughs> making them a tower of pillows, you know. Sturdy like a rock. Um, <laughs> four pillows very, is going to be very... the title now, isn't it? <laughs> what, what's that? Four pillows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just <laughs> I was, I was, I, I, I mean, that kind of completely threw me for that. But it was interesting the way it went from that kind of very lucha style at the beginning to kind mm. of being much more kind of gr- grinding it down. Um, I the headlock takeover thing because I've seen it twice now. First time round, when my initial instinct was it wasn't something that I'd kind of bought into enough or was enough of a big deal in the kind of build up to it. Maybe I I just missed it, effectively being as as big a thing as it was. But then second time round, it kind of made obviously made sense within it. I went four point two five. I really really enjoyed this. I kind of teetered with four and a half. I won't lie because I thought it was kind of that good. But I mean, yeah, I'm settling on that. Mm. I mean, I, I, I saw. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. This is this is almost like one of these things where it's like the rating is like slightly lower, and you get into the whole "why did you hate it," <laughs> Gareth kind of things. But like for me, on the first watch live, I was like three point seven five, and then oh. like, and then when you know you're like you're on twitter you know i'm on the app i'm seeing like some of these ratings flying in and i'm thinking like have i have i missed something here have i you know is there something here that's just what is the average not connected not connected with me for some some reason it's it's like um it's it's up there like last time i just checked there it was like 4.30 which Mm. you know is a is a pretty fucking you know looking at things of like pay-per-view matches for the year that's the third highest aw pay-per-view match of the of the entire year you know so it's up there and like well well liked by people um I watched it again this morning, and um, it was like I've, I've nudged up to four. I don't, mm. I don't think I'm as high on it as as other people. You know, don't get me wrong; it's a four, you know, four star match. It's a fucking very, yeah. very good match. It's it's massively exceeded my expectations for what I expected for these two. I don't, 
some of the grappling exchange at the start, I just didn't like. It just felt a bit too contrived and things, and it just felt a bit. I don't. It just. I don't know. It, it, I'll often say when I things looking a bit dance-like kind mm. of thing, as opposed to looking a bit, you know, a bit competitive. And, it does and, look weird when MJF's doing it because you don't expect it, do you? I can, I can see that. Yeah, it, it felt. It, it, that side of things, it just felt sort of a bit loose and my turn, your turn, my turn, your turn kind of thing, that side of things. But I mean, as the, as, as the match went on, like you say there, the just that probably just a bit more like brutal side, like the MGF, like the aggression and mm-hmm. the, so, you know, the way that he was working um, Derby's back, I thought that was fantastic. I mean, that fucking... Um, that like power bomb that he did onto his knee that just looked as sick as fuck like it was so oh, it was such a such a such a such a great spot that and then obviously and then slapping on the scorpion death lock right pretty much right after kind of thing it was just such a good like again just classic mjf character stuff that he's like working in that way but then he's also like throwing you know stings move on him and things as well just mm-hmm. to grind the you know grind the back down even more but that side of him i suppose that he's you know he's referenced there as well from the from the selling point of view with the knee and the fact that it was you know something that was you know initially came from like his own moves that he, it, it jarred it and then it was something that he then like you know had to you know sell more as it went on and obviously with the um with the the apron spot yeah, as well, where he, you know, he landed on his knee there, that was that was that, that was fantastic, you know, stuff there. That they, they, it was around this time that I was really starting to like, I don't know, my my views on the match were were definitely um, starting to, you know, accelerate as well. And and I, and I loved the finish. I just I, I, I thought it was, um, you know, you'd, you'd had this match, but I just thought the, the the finish was just so perfect for MJF's character. I just think the idea that he's, you know, he's banged on about this beating him with like a headlock takedown, twats him with the, you know, twats him with the ring and, and then, you know, pins him with the, you know, the, the headlock takedown, you know, like pinning combination there. It was just perfection. And you can just, you just know, just MJF's just going to be bragging about this. And it's just going to be how, he, you know, the mileage is going to get out of like, you know, beating you with, you know, how I said I was going to beat you in, in, in this way, not referencing the ring ever and things like that as well. It's just, it's, it's just real classic right up MGF, you know, heel works uh, shtick there really. So, so again, that was, uh, that was, that was great. Yeah. But yeah, like I say, like, like I say, four, four star stuff for me. And I think the most important thing that jumped out for me is over the years, you hear a lot of people going, oh yeah, MJF is a good character, but he can't work kind of thing. Well, for me. he showed that he could work. Yeah. Don't throw him to the bus but No. But he, but he, uh, but he, uh, he showed he can. He yeah. showed it in work, and and he's how old is he? Like I, they're both under twenty five. Like uh, yeah. you know, like God, think of five years time, five years more of this. What you know, five years more ring ring experience. You know, again, he's improving all the time. Yeah, yeah cracking way to start it. I, I, you know, I I'll stand by like the criticism of of MJF in the past. Like I. Do think he needs where he needs to work, and I still think he does. You know, I think he more reps than anything. Like I just think you know he doesn't work enough matches, uh, and I know he's addressed that criticism himself as well. But like maybe that's why I was so pleasantly surprised by this. I'm the high one on this one. I went four and a half. Um, you know, maybe call that you know really? excitement in the moment and stuff. You know, a couple of brew dogs down, but I was having a great time with this, and I loved everything you guys mentioned about it. I loved the creativity of the yeah. match. There were a couple of great near falls. You know, we haven't mentioned like the the Cobra counter from the power bomb, like and you know I I I was 
personally, I kind of like that they went, there was a few different threads in this match that, you know, there was the stuff with the headlock takeover they were kind of building around, but also, you know, that, that MJF was, uh, was doing really good, you know, his leg selling through the match, as you've noted, you know, that apron spot particularly was, was really creative and, you know, it was a way for, you know, Derby to claw back into the matchup points and I'm not really bothered didn't play into the finish because, well, Derby didn't win. So, you know, that's fine with me too. Um, and all in all, yeah, I just thought it was a really creative match it brought out a more vicious side of mjf i'll accept you I, I you know your criticism about the like the early stages and it may be looking a bit too contrived yeah i kind of go back and forth on that is that the type of stuff you want an mjf character to be doing in matches it's like that was it the cody match where he was pulling out some weird um you know innovative moves and very indie like um stuff i think it was there but so but like there's this whatever mjf i think the path to go is this you know this brutal side that he showed with derby and i know he's in there with derby and as you said jp is the mm. a smaller man and you know allows you to do those types of things to him but no i think they really worked i think derby was great for his point as well like you know whatever you want to think about the the real the real life person as a baby face he is like almost unparalleled for his age in this company just from the from his entrance onwards you know he comes out hits the top rope and he's like up and ready for the match and it's like yeah the whole crowd are with him you know when he does his daft stuff like that coffin drop on the uh on the outside it's like you know heart and mouth moments where like you're you're living and dying with him it it does mean something because if he misses this you're like well darby's fucked but if he hits it you know he might it might be worth the risk and he might pull something out uh even if again the commentary trampled all over that with you know kind of alluding to the fact that he hadn't got all of it when he definitely did um yeah there were a couple of issues with the commentary through this show but i thought mjf's performance was great as i say i thought darby's performance was great and yeah i'm a little bit above the average on that one but i really enjoyed it as an opera i think it was as as good as you could uh could hope from these two at this uh this point in their career oh, and the, the, the one spot i didn't reference there though as well is like is there a better is there a better dive in wrestling than darby allen's like dive through the ropes like oh, the fucking speed the way it's people like it's like a bullet from a gun or something isn't it like it it mm. looks brutal it like it's 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 so good it's it's like one of one of my favorite spots you know the the absolute you know the the, the speed that he hits it with the angle that he hits people with i think it just looks absolutely fantastic it looks absolutely brutal and um mm-hmm. yeah I'm all, that's always going to get me off off my sofa that one that's a mm-hmm. big big early pop on this show for me that because it looked fucking great that on the cough and drop they're both like they're not even like you know, they could just be for the sake of it, you know what I mean? It could be a bit triad, Derby doing, oh, he does a dart, he does a senton, but it's backwards, you know what I mean? But it works because of the impact that comes with it. I think that's the same thing with the dialects, you know, MJF. And he does it more. Yeah, yeah. And he does it more, multiple times in a match yes. as well. It, just, just a quick point about MJF. It's always a, a point I felt with him is he works to the level of the person he's in there with. And Derby mm-hmm. Allen is obviously incredibly talented. And it's the age thing, isn't it? And we're incredibly harsh, you know, you think of football and, and, and things like that, about how much we kind of, you know, younger players and it, it, you know, doesn't always work straight away. But as we've seen with Ireland tonight, who've added a third, is that, you know, young outfits can really sort of generate that kind of <laughs> high momentum. So I think them going with MJF and Derby Allen seems like solid move, rather like Callum Robinson up front in number nine role, because he's a bit of a goal machine. There he is, Jeff P. Sterling. Uh. You'd like to think as well, though, with these is is where you have got these young lads in the in that platform, and certainly when they're working together, 
you know, hopefully there's that kind of like competitive edge amongst them as well, really, that they go out and they're given this platform and they're, they're thinking like, you know, no, I want to show I'm the best, you know, mm-hmm. young wrestler in the company or, you know, whether, you know, with obviously storyline, they're talking these four pillars and things like that. Like, you know, you'd, you'd have thought that with that, that, that side of them, that when they're in there, they do want to go out there and demonstrate that they are like somebody who this company can, you know, be, be, be built on the back of and you know certainly again you know people talk about like 90s wwf and like the competitiveness in the locker room and things like that you know you'd like to think that whether it's not as overt as what you saw in those days but the, there will be that edge amongst them when they're when they're in against each other that they they do want to show that uh, you know they they're at the level of the other guy or i'm better than this other guy as well you know i'm the one you know i'm the one to watch out of this pack of people and things like that as well and and i kind of think that like that does does come through, you know. You do you do feel like when they're they're in there and mixed with each other, they they all, all do, over. They, 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 they up the game, don't they? Big time. Mm. They're all over, aren't they? Yeah, you know, all varying degrees, but whatever audience they go to, the, the audience knows who they are. Mm. They've made them as guys, each and every one of them, and they're all at slightly. I mean, we're going to talk about Jungle Boy and Sammy Guevara in a bit, but like these two. They justify their place in there, don't they? Mm. Definitely. Like, of of like that level of investment they give them, because to be frank, they have lived up to their end of the bargain generally. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, we all laughed at the the four pillars slash four pillows kind of name, and it is still silly. Like you, you're setting them up for failure, aren't you? But you know, I was coming out of this match, going, okay, I don't quite see them at a four pillar level, but I was like, okay, yeah, this is a you know a good advert um, for those lads and uh, and that whole brand, and so yeah, um, a good night I think for uh, for these two, and definitely uh, one of my uh, my favourite uh, matches of the night. But yeah, we went from there. We saw some uh, some of Team Taz in the skybox, looking like they were the uh, the WCW wrestlers in the Invasion two thousand and one. Um, stars, <laughs> not superstars, stars. <laughs> That's what they were that night. <laughs> I was gonna. What, I was gonna say what it was the pre. It was the. Uh, was it the pre-show when Max Caster came out? It was, wasn't it? Where the um, yeah, yeah, he was yeah, rapping yeah. about uh, Team Taz are the only uh, team who were on the uh, who were on TV even less than we are. Yeah, where they gave um, gave Dante Martin his like a uh, nice little um, homecoming segment. It's cool the way they do it. You know, speaking of young wrestlers, to be honest, it ties in that they've you know they spotted something with Dante Martin and they're, they're leaning heavily into it. But yeah, <laughs> Team Taz were like you were there and then. Nothing ever came of it. It was just that, watching the show. Okay, then. I think I'd rather have had Taz on commentary, but what are you going to do? I don't know. Last week, didn't he get told to shut up on Rampage by Excalibur at one Taz? point? Taz? Oh, no. Jericho. That was... That was, um, was that Ricky Starks? Oh, Ricky and Jericho, yeah. They were going, they were having an argument oh. about who wore a shirt, no shirt with a jacket first or something like that, while Excalibur was trying to like sell whatever story was going on. He literally told him to shut up. He was he was trying to sell it in a very Gorilla Monsoon, Jesse Ventura way, Brent. I think he meant it. Glenn Joseph levels of commentary, that. Shite. Uh, yeah. as, as, as much, yeah. But, I, I mean, with Dante Martin, we speak about the four pillars. He is the complete wild card because they've been very heavy on him, obviously, over the last couple of the fact they put him on had him appear in the buy-in, they had him on rampage, you know, as well. He is one where he's just so unique, isn't mm. he? Like just everything he does, just the, the way he glides through it, stuff that we've already said before. But it was a nice way of getting him on the card to show that this is a guy that they're gonna be investing in heavily over the next few years. And he's possibly one we don't know about promos and stuff like that, but just for the in-ring work and how unique it is, mm. he's one who'll be knocking on that on the four pillows door. 
<laughs> Perhaps a sport pillow. I don't know. Yeah, Bill says here, Jericho uh, needs the world best comedy test. I don't know. We're about to talk about another Jim Ross all-timer performance, but go on, guys. I was just going to say, and again, like, like what a novel idea, like bringing a hometown lad out and making them look good in front of a hometown crowd. Like, mm. who'd have thought it, you know, instead of, like, putting out there and burying them against uh, uh, somebody just in their, Even in their hometown. After the show, the you know, the way they have, like, you know, they'll usually roll out, like, they roll out Hangman, they rolled out Tony, and it, they were going to have Britt Baker and just, you know, to talk to the media. They threw him out there as well. It was just kind of like, oh, we're in your hometown. It'd be nice. Ask him a couple of softball questions, get him going again. You can tell Tony just loves him. Sorry, guys. Yeah, just a shame Rick Roots did. <laughs> <laughs> I think that a lot of days. That's an evergreen yeah, statement, yeah. <laughs> It's Jamie's dead. Could have rolled, could have rolled him out here. Good old Ravish and Rick a little moment in the spotlight, but you should do that. Yeah, next time. dream. Giving someone a slap in the face, breaking their jaw. Mm. Little, nice little call back to his pre WWF career there. Oh, uh, now I'm just sad nobody did the rude awakening on this show. But um, in this next match, uh, there's a tie. Lucha Brothers and FTR. We did get uh, the first of uh, multiple Eddie Guerrero tribute spots, which felt a bit like Pentagon calling an audible, and also felt like Pentagon had never seen the three amigos in his entire life because yeah. it looked like absolute shit. There's no way he cleared that with uh, with the office because uh, Punk was doing it later. But what are you going to do? But it, it kind of summed up this match for me. Like I'm expecting to be the low man on this and you guys will, uh, will talk it up more than me, maybe. But I don't know. I'm not an FTR guy. I do like Lucha Brothers. But I, for this match, it felt like there were a lot of good individual moments. Phoenix, yeah. you know, will always drag a match up by, like, an extra star, probably, like, just from being there and in a big occasion and being, you know, on a pay-per-view. Like, he's always going to pull out some, some inventive stuff. And he did here. There were definitely other, like, big moments in it, but... It, it again felt like like the last time these two met, it just felt like a match where the two teams doing two different matches, two teams who've just got very limited chemistry. I don't know. I mean, I'm getting bored of saying that about FTR mm. matches, to be honest, at this point, but it did feel like, yeah, it wasn't the best of, of, of either camp. It wasn't a bad match, you know, nonetheless. There were, you know, good spots in there. It was, you know, uh, it, it got the crowd going in a, you know, kind of freewheeling indie tag kind of way. And then it had that finish, which I kind of thought didn't fit the rest of the, the structure of the match. And it was like, yeah, for every good thing I liked in this match, there were probably two I was kind of net on. And I settled on three and a half stars. Um, but yeah, mm. I just, there were people out there who absolutely loved this thing. But yeah, I'm definitely, you know, I didn't hate it, but uh, I'm not one of them who can give it that, that high praise. I enjoyed it for the most part. Fair like for, for luck, for, I thought it was good uh, rather than thinking it was great. I just mm. thought there were like you kind of say there were like kind of good individual kind of moments that things like doing the package pile driver cross body spot is just mental. Yeah, that was stuff cool. like but like a I had an issue with the um, it sounds ridiculous to say this, but the amount of times they were doing the kind of Eddie Guerrero tribute stuff there just kind of felt like oh god like really the, the the person who should be should be vicky guerrero and the boy and that just maybe it's just me um then it makes me sound like i'm kind of miserable like that but the ending was just absolute bullshit didn't really make any sense it doesn't like i'm sure ftl complained that you know he wasn't ftr hair wasn't the legal man 
um, and it was meant to be FTR bald. But does that matter? Lose the bollock. tags? Like, does it? <laughs> like, what a weird spot to do in yeah. a match where the rules aren't I mean, being followed I, anyway. I, I, I thought up to that point, it was kind of just delivering on a good all-action tag team match mm. that was, you know, far too OTT and all the rest of it, but perfectly enjoyable and a good thing to have in like second match on a pay per view. It's probably, you know, you step above what a lot of pay-per-views would deliver in that position. But just the ending for me, I just thought was just absolute bullshit. And I said on the weekend show in the preview, I thought this was going to have bullshit at the end and I'd end up being fundamentally disappointed. I went 3.75 because, like I say, for the most part, I kind of liked this. And I might have gone four. Just, But I came away with sort of two main thoughts. One, I hated the ending. And two, Lucha Brothers are really over. Those entrances really work. Why not put them in against like two big single stars for me at this point, try and do something that might actually elevate them because this doesn't feel like it's kind of elevating them in any way. Mm. It's just sort of keeping them around like a kind of standard tag team division until inevitably they may face the bucks in whatever incarnation of their characters they have at that point in time. So it feels to me like there's something being kind of wasted with it and this match overall was whoever's idea that was, and I suspect it's FTR because it seems like the kind of stuff that they're into. They just need to be told no. Yeah, or take charge and stop being fucking. Because the thing about FTR yeah. is like you know the Jim Cornette's favorite tag team, and like I thought that I thought he hated cosplay wrestlers because that's what they are. From the music to the gear to what they do, they're doing an impression of another tag team. And like if they really like you know flare fists not flips and oh we're we're the real tag team. If you believe that stuff, like Will said and kind of in the chat there, okay, well you know surely you guys should be leading these types of matches. And I don't know if you think the same. I feel like the better match would have been the Lucha Brothers slotting into an FTR kind of structured tag rather than, as Will said there, FTR kind of, you know, wrestling like everybody else and wrestling other people's matches that don't really fit their style. Yeah, I'd like, I totally concur with that because at the start of this, when it was, you know, it was very fast and it was very like Lucha, it was like a Lucha start to the match, obviously where you've, you know, you've just got, you know, people just like flying in and out of the ring, you know, no tags, so you've got you know all sorts happening I was just watching at the start of the match thinking like like hang about <laughs> like I thought FTR was supposed to be different it was supposed to be that traditionalist style now and I know there's the, there's obviously there's the there's the, the crossover with who you're working with and things like that but it just felt odd and it just there where you talk about the, the chemistry I just felt like that they weren't clicking at all mm-hmm. here at, at that particular point and I felt like the match did pick up and the, the, it improved significantly when they did almost like revert to that like classic um, side of things, you know, where they were isolating the opponents, uh, you know, cutting off the ring and doing your traditional old school, you know, ta- uh, like tag tag team style match structure there. But then, then eventually, you know, that that sort of like went out of the the the, the window a, a little bit as well. And just from that chemistry point of view, there was a there was a build to a, a hot tag to to Phoenix, but. The, t- the timing of that was was a bit all off. It almost it just came a bit too soon, and then and then and the, the crowd wasn't quite there and quite ready for it, and and it just sort of just didn't fit where the people were positioned in the ring at the time and stuff. And it, and that was you know I, I was sat there thinking, oh, this is going to be boss when Phoenix gets this off tag here, and then when he did, it sort of was a bit of a wet fart. Really, it, there wasn't much you know wasn't much that came of it. So mm. all in all, for me, it was one of those where it was 
it was it was a fi- it was fine. Like I went three and a half on it. I kind of was teetering probably a bit more three point two five to to, to three point five with it. The but the ending just again. I mean, I don't know, need to go over the same ground as you two, but the ending was just shit, and it just didn't make any sense alongside the way that the match had started and the, you know the, the the structure of the match. Why would you be? Why when you've started a match like that? Would you be so bothered about doing this mask spot at the end yeah. to do that whole like legal illegal yeah. Uh, yeah. man thing? Like it just it just doesn't play into the to the match structure in the slightest, and it just it just really just left me thinking like that was the best you could come up with. You know, like where you know obviously they reference the killer bees kind of thing, and it's like it almost just felt like a reference for references' sake rather than yes. it being a reference with any real purpose. You're doing it for the sake of it. You're doing it just to do it. It's, I mean, I, I, it was better than this, but, you know, that was part of the reason I didn't like Young Bucks FTR as much as everybody else because it felt like a lot of references were shoehorned in. That's exactly it, Gareth, because, like, you do your Southern-style tag structure, which, like you say, this match kind of melted into in the, in the second half, and you do that spot at the end, and they work... Because you know you've built it and it makes logical sense within the match, you can't just wreck on it and do it for the sake of doing it. You you're doing it because you've seen someone else do it. You're not doing it because it will have the same effect that that you know the, the, the people you've been watching you know d- did it in, in that circumstance. And that's when you do become more of a, a cosplay team than, than actually doing it. Yeah, the proof's got to be in the pudding with FTR. And yeah, I just. Uh, I don't know. Uh, every, every time I think oh, I'm warming to a bit in AW, especially when they have, you know, they have like a good little TV tag, which is kind of what they're best at. Um, I go, oh, you know what? Actually, I, I'm a bit harsh on FTR, but uh, these big batches, time and time again, it just feels a bit try hard. And yeah, I think what we've talked about, I think I've talked myself into a 3.25 um, rather than a three and a half. Yeah, you've um, taught me to. You've taught me <laughs> down as well. I'm just miserable. Madness in hindsight. <laughs> Uh, but people but, seem but to really it's right, it. It, 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 it's right down to the gear though isn't it like yeah, the like you the say the music and, and, and then the bloody you know the the ring jackets that they come out with and the wedding jackets that they were wearing you know uh, yeah. today for this particular show and things everything just like you say it, it is a bit just just a bit cosplay and it is just a bit like a reference too far and you just feel, feel like Get your own identity a bit, yeah. <laughs> kind of thing, you know. That you know, get something that is your identity and, and and stick with it. And okay, you can have these little nods to the past, but your identity shouldn't be that you're continuously shoehorning in these references to the past. It should be that maybe there's a subtle something that you do that makes people go like, ah, that reminds me of, you know, (laughs) the Midnight Express or something like that, as opposed to let's just totally rip off their theme music and play it in reverse or something. Yeah, and make it slightly more upbeat as well, which is the weird thing about it. So it's like a happy, (laughs) jaunty music as they come out. Like, yeah, totally with you on that. It's like, it's not a head nod, it's a D'Lo Brown head nod to like the past is what they're doing. It's like, there's nothing, it's like when when they had that NWO inspired gear when they were fucking stinging Derby it was like which members of the NWO are you two fuckers they had no tag teams like you National Hall didn't wrestle like you what are you doing like uh, fucking nerds Um, and I like nerds in wrestling but I don't know it doesn't work with the the tough man aesthetic for me but ah well people liked it more than us what's the average on grapple Gareth yeah with that again it is higher it's like 3.81 yeah that reflects what I've seen Mm. oh well if you loved it, write in, tell us. Um, <laughs> oh, well, sorry. Um, <laughs> moving on, um, we ended up with, yeah, you know, talking talking um, the, the way the, the show was laid out, Miro and Brian Anderson on third. Didn't expect that. Kind of thought with it being 
your final to your big title eliminator. I would have thought it'd be further up the the card. Um, well, I've got some sympathy. This was a was a stack card, so I don't know. I didn't really feel um, ready for these to go out there and and, and have this match. I, mm. It was good. Um, was it in the top five Danielson matches for me so far in AEW? Not really. Was it a you know, I'd go 3.75 stars on it. That's not me hating it. But was it everything I hoped it would be? No, not really. I don't know if it coming out third is, is part of that. I don't know. Maybe I'm hard, being harsh. It just kind of fell out there than the they kind of had a match. It wasn't, it didn't feel special. It didn't feel like it had, you know, the better elements of like the big Miro matches, you know, with the, you know, with the big come in, smash and grab kind of style, you know, I expected a bit more of that and a bit more of, you know, we did get Danielson, you know, managing to, to just hold on, but, um, you know, a bit more of like bad with, with Danielson, I don't know, slotting maybe a bit more into to what Miro has been doing lately. And yeah, they kind of went out there and, you know, I think, the exact point I was made to make about to make and Fox made it in the chat for me. Felt a bit WWE. Felt a bit like a match I'd see on a WWE, but like 3.75, my standard rating for WWE pay-per-view matches. And if this took place on um, you know, extreme rules or something like that, I, you know, with a couple of spots accepted, I might not have been shocked. Yeah. Didn't hate it, but yeah, I was expecting big things from this. Maybe expecting it further up the card, maybe just yeah, maybe expecting a bit more time, but yeah, didn't mm. didn't uh, didn't work to the level I was uh, I was hoping for with this one, lads. What's I've got two bits. I've got two bits on my notes. The first bit says just didn't reach the level it could. I went three point seven five. We really spoke it up as possibly being a contender for matches. We did, didn't we? Yeah, there you go. That explains it. And really thought we did. But the thing that I came in was the strapping on Miro's thigh was so heavy that I thought, is this the reason he was basically off TV? Was actually he needs ah. to rest up and recuperate. And they've slotted him into this role. And fundamentally, I thought the thing that it was kind of missing. And you mentioned about slotting into the Miro match is that kind of high-intensity, quite brutal, but kind of very, a kind of quick brutality that comes along with it. And it didn't it didn't have that at that point. It was a lot more kind of considered and uh, and, and things like that. So it kind of, it, it didn't have the edge of like a kind of big number one contenders match, if you mm. know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and But the work was good and watching it was I thought it was fine. I've given it 3.75. It just hasn't hit the the kind of more memorable end of the of the Danielson matches. Mm. And I just wondered whether or not Miro's injury kind of played into that. Yeah, I didn't consider that. How about you, Gareth? I think I, I was slightly higher than you two. Like I went four stars on yeah. this and and again it was one that I think when I was you know when I was on Twitter like Twitter last night, like I know Will was quite vocal about he was quite negative, uh, negative about aspects of it, and you know, seeing a lot of other people, you know, talking a bit more negatively. And then when you look on the app, like it does, like average out at like three point eight five, so it's mm. it's in the same ballpark for people as that Lucha Brothers um, FTR match, which you know, for me, it definitely felt better than that. <laughs> you know, than than yeah. when I'm looking at the you know the averages across the piece for them to be so close. Was it what it could be? No. Was it what it should be? No. But I still got a lot of enjoyment out of it. Like I, I, I you know, yeah. I've really, really enjoyed Danielson going for his going for his neck early, and you know, like I, 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 I at the start of the match where Danielson was. I don't know, they almost had that thing going where it was Miro's power was clearly like advantageous, but then the bits where Danielson was like 
controlling him with like cravats that he was then able to like you know he was he could almost like manipulate the bigger man the more powerful man by using his weakened neck by you know holding him in such a way that it meant that he could then land knees and he could then land kicks and things like that early on like i i got a lot out like a lot out of that i was really really enjoying that early on it was something that i that i thought was uh that, that i thought was really good and you know i think um that probably set me off on quite like a high note with the with the match and i did watch it again today and i was thinking am i, am I gonna get i don't know am i gonna get less out of it on the set on the second watch but you know, I did. I, I did enjoy it. There was some, you know, some good physical stuff in there. I can totally see the points of people talking about, like, from a, a WWE style match structure, I suppose, to some degree. But I feel, I felt like it sort of made sense in the in, in the um, in in the the makeup of the match, I suppose, and the way mm. things, you know, the way Miro has been positioned, and it it, it didn't feel too out of place. Uh, it didn't. Um, from from that point of view, and I, I, I quite liked just some of the you know the aggressiveness that was still there with some of those elbow strikes, and you know those still things like where when Brian slapped in the triangle and Miro was like literally clawing at his eyes to break it and things like again there was just small little things like that that you know rightly or wrongly again it's I'm not it's not like I'm watching WWE on the rig but I don't see people clawing at the other person's eyes to get out of a triangle <laughs> you know very often it did feel like there was a volume turned up from a brutality standpoint um, there with that and then um, you know obviously again just playing into the in, into the Miro next stuff as well like again I had as a as a mechanic to get around um, Miro's need to be so dominant given the size of him and things like that so yeah, all in all, it was a yeah one that up to this point for me it was my it was my favourite match of the first three um, on, the, on, on the show, on the show up to that that point and um, yeah it, it it just you know like you say doesn't stand up against some of Danielson's other matches that he's had so far in AEW but um, but definitely at this point despite my misgivings on the second match the tag match after this one I was thinking like. This pay per view could be on its way to being a bit of an all timer yeah. here because you know, the yeah. opener was good, the tag was good enough for what it needed to be, and then this felt like strong as well. As well, which given that given that you're literally talking about first three matches of the card and you're not at your the upper end um, yet, you know it felt like fucking hell. If the if the later stuff delivers, um, then we're uh, then we're in for an all timer here. But um, yeah. this was where maybe where you talk at the start, Benno, about like card structure. Mm-hmm. This was where uh, things started to take a uh, take a downward turn for me, and I suddenly thought, actually, maybe we're not on for that all timer uh, all timer card after all. That was generally the feeling following along on Twitter, like you know, because I am lower on the second match like you than most. You know, but I, I think I agree with what you're saying there. You know, I'm talking about it, talking it down because it wasn't to my expectation, Miro and Danielson, but it still was a you know, it was a good match. Don't get me wrong, three point seven five stars, and you've gone four. Um, yeah, and people were talking this up like it was going to be, you know, an all-time car from this point. The excitement was uh, was palpable. Um, I mean, what were you looking at, like, JP, with, like, a <laughs> knowing out? Because this is basically this is the first hour or so, like, knowing that how much pay-per-view mm. there is still to, still to go. Still felt long. Mm. I won't lie, at this point, I started to get the feeling, or well, first of all, I'd seen that it was going four hours. Yeah, so, so you spoiled that. <laughs> so, like, at that point, I kind of thought, everything's getting time here because there's very little filler in the middle. Hmm. It wasn't going back to a load of pre-tapes or like big packages and stuff like that. There really wasn't as much of that as I thought there would be. 
So kind of as a result, I think even at this point, I was like, okay, things feel like everything's getting plenty of time. How's that going to come later on? And there were points, obviously, as we're going to get on to, where actively I was like, Jesus Christ, this could have a good few minutes. <laughs> you don't have much, it, much time for yeah. this. It was less time as well for me. It was more like, I say, prestige. Like Miro and Danielson mm. should have felt more important. Like, because we were making, you know, Danielson the number one contender. Like, I was shocked at that, JP, because we talked, you know, I kind of thought it was a foregone conclusion. Miro was going over. I was like, I mean, if Danielson's yeah. going to win this tournament, surely they'd just let Orange Cassidy go to the pay per view on a buy. Why did they, like, inject Miro into the tournament? I, so I was convinced, you know, the original plan was probably Moxley goes over. Therefore, they're replacing him with a different heel. But. You know, I'll give him that as a curveball, you know, Danielson going over. I definitely didn't expect mm-hmm. it. I mean, the bookies had him as favourite. The the, the only thing I can think of is they wanted his first loss to be mm-hmm. to Hangman Page. And there's kind of an inbuilt excuse, and they've been they were building up big on commentary about the fact that he's had this grueling schedule of matches and he's wrestled all of these different opponents, and some of them have been quite lengthy matches as well. So he by the time he gets round to Page, where I can see him doing it quite quickly. That match, I don't think they're going to be hold, holding off, but I think he's going to lose, and that's the only reason I can think is it's something to kind of try and establish the Hangman Page reign by giving him a great first match first up with Brian Danielson and mm. putting him over clean. Maybe, maybe, which we'll get to. Um, spoilers there if you didn't know where Hangman wins the main event, but I'm sure everyone listening knows. He's aware of that. <laughs> Why are you listening to an AEW review show? <laughs> this might be able to get the news, JC. <laughs> It is. People complain about swearing on TV at like eleven o'clock or something. Or like at a football game, they overhear something and they apologize. It's like, what did you expect? Have you been to a football match? Have you seen what the things that people say? Occasionally picked up on TV anyway. True. Um well yeah, you mentioned there about uh, cards, Gareth, and we went into the first of two falls count anywhere street fighty type matches we uh we had on this show um and one that really when we talked the uh, this the, you know the preview on Friday JPI is kind of like ah it's hard to decide what to cut off this show because there's a lot of stuff that does feel pay per view worthy but I don't know could this have been on Dynamite or Rampage I mean I enjoyed yeah. it I gave it three point seven five same as the the previous match it kind of hit my expectation unlike the previous match I didn't expect this to be you know higher than that anyway but it was fun it was the match I expected to be the opener um, it was fun for me anyway not for uh, not for poor Jim Ross on uh, on commentary who <laughs> was getting more and more kind of uh, yeah tired at this point I don't know where. Yeah, yeah, I think he needs to realise it was fucking half two in the morning for us, never mind um, <laughs> for him. But yeah, he was getting uh, grumpy in this one. It wasn't his uh, cup of tea, to, to say the least. He made that clear. But yeah, I thought it was, um, you know, creative plunder match. Lots of uh, fun spots in there. You know, Luchasaurus uh, shined. I uh, really enjoyed um, the shooting star to the, uh, off the stage. I thought that was really creative. Lots of good stuff down the middle. Uh, we can get into the finish, which I thought was well done, especially if they're. Uh, Heading into uh, where I think they're going, but yeah, I thought it was you know again the match I, m- I might well have cut if it was me putting this card together, but you know a decent uh, six man brawl. It was it was that it was literally that, and you know I've I've given it like three point seven five, so it's not like I'm particularly negative, you know, about it. I enjoyed it more than the the the, the tag team match. It was it was a lot of you know it was a lot of fun. For me, it was just too long. It was like, it was like looking at the end, it was like 22 minutes and it just felt oh, like fourth fourth match on the card here with these, you know, with with the 
with the, this match of, of what it is with the stakes with when you've got everything else on the card you know the length of it and things like that this doesn't go in 22 minutes i think like 14 15 for this you know i think i was i was definitely feeling like it um I don't know. I was feeling it. It felt every bit of the yeah, 22 minutes, I think, by the, the end. And there was, you know, they did pack a lot in here. And like you say, there was a lot of, you know, different spots here. But I think it was something that could have been, you know, de- de- delivered a, a bit quicker. And the match itself would have probably uh, probably benefited from it um, as well. But, you know, I think as where we've we've talked previously about, um, you know, the 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 pillars the four pillars and the you know obviously MJF and Darby Allen getting that at the at the front end and putting on that um that excellent initial uh, initial match it was just great to just see Jungle Boy really just get this profile as well and again it was just more it was just extra kind of like gas to his his flame really what as well wasn't it in this match and you know it just positioned him in in amongst this um this this mix of people and um just positioned him probably you know if you look at where somebody is going into the into the match and coming out of the other end again it just felt like it just elevated him that little bit more really of the the way that he was presented in this match you know I like the whole thing of him not wanting to do the concerto at the front end at the back end of the match him doing the concerto at the the end again it just sort of showed that kind of almost like growth in him in, in in his in his mindset i suppose and his you know his aggression and just that little extra something um that that you know might be needed there from a from a character point of view to to help him kick on and advance but again this was one of those that you know taking a step back just spots you know spots fun spots happening big dives you know different um you know innovative things been done you know um i think it was like they called at the uh, Panama Sunrise, like off the off the um, sort of the the stanchion kind of thing on the on the stage and things, just a, a little bit different there as well. It was it was it was one of one of them where am I ever going to go back and watch it in my life? Absolutely not. You know, did it serve a purpose? Yes. Could it have served that purpose in less time? Absolutely. Yeah, that was one of my my big takeaways. Really, I went three and a half on this. It was just it, it just felt too long. And it was exactly what I thought it would be. The purpose of it, and this is probably why it could have gone on to Dynamite, is this story is setting up kind of story stuff. And I was thinking, well, what is the big takeaway? And it kind of felt like perhaps Christian Cage's influence on Jungle Boy is meant yeah. to be so slightly malign. So he's going to try and turn him over to the dark side and have Marco Stunt and Luchasaurus try and drive him back in, tell him that they're too silly or something along those lines. I could see that the way to do it is slightly different to what I expected rather than the standard Christian Cage heel turn. I think that's probably a bit more interesting. I think, it, uh, you know, they're setting up for him and Adam Cole as well, but obviously positioning him quite highly. But that's the overall purpose of the match. And did that need to be 22 minutes in order to yeah. get to that position? No. But all of the stunts and everything else was perfectly good fun. But like Gareth says, am I going to go back and watch it? No, because we've seen these matches a lot and they're fun. But didn't need to be this long. Mm. I mean, I'll shock you to say this, but not a fan of the concerto as a babyface spot. Um, no, you know Christian's twenty-one-year-old um, spot that he's continuing to do, and um, that just makes us all think from, of Edge from an era where that shit was happening a lot. Yeah, and I'd like to think we've learned but, something in that time. But if it is, you know, he's take making Jungle Boy, you know, a little bit more evil, and it plays into presumably Christian turning on Jungle Boy at some point. You know, and then they'll probably build a feud around 
this fucking 21 year old spot and um, you know that, that's okay um yeah the, you know explains the beard true you talking about me or jungle boy uh, <laughs> well i was gonna say both of you really <laughs> turn and heal me um, you are turning heel, aren't you Although it did have one of my it did have one of my least favourite spots in wrestling that uh, when you get like hardcore style things is someone putting a load of thumbtacks in your mouth. If someone put a load of thumbtacks or drawing pins in my mouth, I would just spit them out. <laughs> I wouldn't just sit there with that. I'd just go and spit them out rather than rather than sit there with a mouth full of them waiting for someone to kick me in the face. I hate that spot. It's it's oh no suspension of disbelief. But sometimes I just can't, I just can't. There's another episode title thumbtack Gareth. Uh, maybe we'll uh, go with that. <laughs> yeah. I'll shock you there, lads, as well. You know what I genuinely think, though? Like, I am I was surprised, and it was only when we sat down and, like, previewed this card that I was like, this is Adam Cole's first pay-per-view. And that lad who I had all kind of doubts for is, is you know, he's the superstar in AEW. People told me, you know, he was in NXT, and maybe I should have listened more. I'll accept that. Like, he's been great. Like, he's been really great. And I would have liked his first pay-per-view to be, like, a singles match. And I, I genuinely... You know, I'm not a Christian fan, but I would have taken Christian and Adam Cole as like a that felt, that would have felt more pay per view worthy to me than than what we got here. Which again, like I say, was good, but could have been on Dynamite. Um, maybe that's coming, and it's a very long term story we're telling. Uh, no, possibly, I'm just, yeah. I, I'm just wondering what to put in your uh, beer that you your free WWE beer that you were drinking there with the O2 <laughs> there. Look at you getting on board with Adam Nolan Christian. You've changed. <laughs> just Adam Cole, mate. <laughs> I'm too uh, I'm too dug in on Christian. Um, <laughs> well, speaking of WWE, um, <laughs> we are from this, so yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned there, Gareth. Uh, yeah, certainly wouldn't have put uh, up a long plunder match like that there. We then got into a real lull in the card. Um, in the again, speaking of matches that maybe didn't need to be on the pay per view, Malachi back and Andrade versus versus Cody and and Pac. I don't know what to make of this one. Like it was bizarre build, bizarre promos in the lead up to the match. You know the two teams that you wouldn't you know imagine to be you know having a pint together. Never mind you know tag teams on a pay per view, and you know it felt like it was going to be a four way, but we ended up you know with this tag. Instead, odd, just a, just a, a strange build for a strange match, and then, yeah, uh, I don't know what you guys made of the layout of the match. Was it booked in a way to make Cody, you know, get even more of a negative response than then he got here because he was very much in in pure, you know, uh, seeing a Cody mode. I wonder how what that does for the uh, you know the the run of a uh, of poor Alistair Black and uh, and Andrade having to kind of deal with that and kind of upsets the structure of the match. I'm, I'm really torn, really. I think, you know, as we've had the conversation a few times, if this is all built to an eventually Cody turn, I think it's quite clever, even though, you know, there's a little bit of a collateral damage there along the way, including this match. But if we're sticking with this with Cody, which again, Tony was doubling down on in the uh, on the post-match scrum, you know, I'm not on board at all. I've just got to, I've got to hope for the former and hope, you know, those conversations we've had on uh, on Spotlight do come for, to vision and that's where we're going because, yeah, you end up with matches like this, which just, just don't get going really. It just felt flat. Yeah, completely flat. Um, it felt completely overshadowed by, for me, by the crowd and their reaction to Cody Rhodes and stuff mm. like that. That's all the thing that took away from it. And then I thought about the other three people in the match, and I was going, "It's the best use of Pack, mm. best use of Malachi Black, who's been getting really good crowd reactions and the rest of it. Andrade's been regaining a bit of form, 
since he's been having some like kind of better matches at least. And it gets lost in the shuffle of the Cody OCD booking where it, it like it's part of his bigger story, but it doesn't do anything really to, to help any of those three. That's not so like at the end of it all, it, the whole thing felt kind of rather pointless. I know like kind of, and it, a lot of it is pack work, working the match kind of two on one. So like you say, as soon as he came up with his, I don't go through either of the stands. I come through the middle of it all. And he did the little kind of smirk to camera as soon as you hear the booze and you go, oh, I'd be laying into it then in that, in that case, you know, dressed in his purest Homelander costume. It, it, it's, it's one of these things where we're going to have this for a bit. That's going to kind of, ta- that feels like it takes over everything else. But like you mentioned, just a really odd build up and kind of an excuse to have Cody on the card as much as anything else but we also then get to the point of how many people they have on this card and about how bloated it feels at times the amount of stuff that perhaps they're trying to trying to do so yeah this not being on there this is this is dynamite fodder mm. this is a tag team match with no stakes and a hasty yeah. build this 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 was the match to me that just was the top of the tree that could have just not been on this card, at, you know, at all. There was like, it just felt purposeless that it was it was there. And you know, you'll always like look at a match for me on like a big show, and you'd be like, okay, well, well, what's 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 the outcome of this? Who has benefited from this match? And like, as I look at the four people in this match, again, I don't think there's none of the four there. That I think, oh, well, you've left this match in a better position than you were. Like going into it, it doesn't seem to have like served any real purpose to. You know, add anything to from a storyline point of view, particularly it doesn't have felt like it's like added anything to anybody from like a character point of view or or anything like that. Those small bits with Cody Rhodes, like obviously where he was doing him, like the tagging himself in on Pac's back, you know, which is you know quite heelish and things like that. That's you know was getting that reaction from the crowd. But again, this was just one where at whatever time in the morning this was. Now, God, this you know that we were like watching it live. This just had me starting to flag, you know, the nearest damn it, 20 minutes. You know, I think this was 17 minutes this match, like, you know, 17 minutes on a match at that time in the morning that doesn't really serve any purpose being on the on, on, on the card at all. I was, I was definitely flagging at this point and, you know, just thinking, why, you know, stick it on Dynamite, stick it on. This could have been on Rampage on Friday, given Rampage an element of purpose on Friday when there was absolutely nothing on the card whatsoever. This this could have been something there that filled a good bit of TV time for that one. But, um, but hey, they've done it. It was a match, and it, uh, it got my 2.75 stars out of me for it anyway, you know. So, you know, not even, not even a... Th- not even a three-star match for me. And then when you like look on the on the app as well, second lowest match of the night, um, you know, averaging at three point not seven on the on the app currently as well. So again, you know, essentially going in there as like a three-star match on on, on average. But um, yeah, why 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 do you need why do you need that when you've got eight other matches ahead of it in the pecking order there in ter- in terms of priority and um, and quality. I just hope it's something because I'm with I'm with it out of hope rather than like belief that Cody's heel turn is coming. But like, there's gonna have to be a couple of cutoff points. There's no way we're gonna have to stop having this conversation and go, okay, it's happened or it hasn't happened or it's never happening. Like, I wonder what the peak points gonna be. I wonder like how how we get there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to see more of this though. The 
the potential is is he could be your mega heel. Though you do it right, I mean, like the the there is that potential, but I don't have any faith in the process around him because I don't think he's got the patience mm-hmm. or the kind of storytelling inclinations to sort of do the plot points and rigidly stick to them without him kind of changing stuff around because Mm. it's the natural direction. It would give Cody a reason to kind of exist. It changes the dynamic of a lot of things. They've done a good job in kind of world building and having reasons why people interact with other people and then eventually team with them. And this match has kind of really got nothing of that. Mm. So as soon as you kind of remove that from the mix, you need like, you know, you need to like kind of be rigorous and know how you're going to tell us over over several months if they're going to do it. I suspect knowing him, he's just going to one week turn heel and it will completely take us all by surprise and he'll do some sort of heel action and then say, well, I never turned heel. Do you guys turn me heel? So I don't know. I'm kind of preparing to be disappointed. I was preparing to be disappointed by the match, which I was, and I'm preparing to be disappointed by this, even though it could be brilliant if you do it right. Yes, we'll see. Well, up next, then, like I say, this felt like the, the crater point in this card. I like Britt Baker. I like Tay Conti. Nobody believed Tay Conti was being Britt Baker, and that was your problem with you know with this match coming, coming up here. Uh, they didn't have the crowd from the start. I think they did a good job of... Yeah, Tay Conti speci- specifically, I thought she looked mm. particularly you know good in this match, at least based on you know previous performances. She's definitely coming along as a wrestler. Britt, you know, as we always say, you know, there's a, still a way to go with her too. You know, as like the ace of the division. I don't. I'm not even mad at the work they did in this one. I just kind of feel like they had an uphill climb, didn't they? The crowd had kind of died off a little bit by this point in the card. We can blame, you know, the the layout of the cards. We can blame the the match selections. You know, all in all, we can just blame the crowd in general. But all in all, you know, they weren't up for it. And yeah, the girls had a as a as an uphill struggle here. It was a, you know, I gave it three point two five on grapple. Um, just look at here, the average is three point one two. Um, I suppose it's only a bit beneath me, but it feels a little harsh. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it just felt like, yeah, coming after the Cody match, you know, we kind of needed something a bit bit hot, I suppose, if you were gonna have that piss break match, and it kind of felt like, you know through not a huge amount of faults of the two people in the match we had a kind of a second piss break match and it was a yeah a bit of a an half hour crater here in the middle of a, a very long card yeah I, I felt very sorry for them coming off the back of the the previous match because again just as time's ticking on and the crowd had been hot at the start and then they definitely heated off in that last um match this wasn't going to be the match that was going to be the one to get them hot again and get them up again kind of thing so i felt like i felt a bit sorry for brit and tay conti in this one because they they were up against it really from from the off and Mm -hmm. you know i I, i've given it a three star you know rating on this one you know it was a it was a perfectly fine match i think the you know the work between them i think i don't know there was a I think you can tell for for all her improvements and as and, and, and as good as she's going to be. I think you could tell that take onto for me was she was a step behind what we've seen from your Thunder Roses or your Serena Deebs or your Kikarashidas and things like that that we've seen up and in, in and around like the the bigger matches on you know Dynamite and Rampage over the last few weeks and you know previous pay per views as well and I thought that was that was that was evident and you know again it's like a testament to the, the developments that she that she had made but I did just feel that there was points here that it, that 
they did just feel a little bit off and whether it was an element of nervousness or inexperience and things like that. There was just a couple of points in the match where things just didn't seem to, to you know, click at points. Saying that, there was a lot of, you know, really good, you know, good stuff. There was some, you know, in, there was some like ex- excellent um, spots that were, that were built in there. You know, I think the, um, you know they they did like lay it in at points and um the um you know i think the the overall work of brit probably like carried this match a little bit more and i think again it showed sort of like testament to her for being the in the uh in the in the position that she that she was but but again it was it was one of those where it was necessary for this to be on the card is take on to the right opponent for right now probably not um is it good experience for her and she'll get something out of it which will add to her Further down the line, absolutely could it have benefited by not following that match that had gone before um, completely. Um, mm. The only thing that stood out for me and, and, and uh, on this one was I thought it was David St. Hubbins from Spinal Tap at the who was a uh, playing a uh, playing great to the ring at the start and like with oh, a, yeah. with, all, with all with all with all the talk in the pre-show stuff about. Um, Take on you talk about Brit being obsessed with her ass. I was thinking, oh, is he going to play big bottom like off this spinal tap here? And then, uh, so I was very, uh, very There's disappointed that we weren't getting, we weren't getting them. Um, yeah, <sighs> the deeper the quicksand and all that uh, business have been, sp- <laughs> <laughs> been, been spat out there. But um, but yeah, it was a rich ward of fuzzy or something like that. That was a bit, That's that was a bit cool. weird. Jericho just getting his mate. Made a little gig, <laughs> gig randomly. Yeah, you know, playing Brit Baker to the ring. He was good in fairness. <laughs> Just I thought, I thought he was, it, it, but it's—is she a heel or not? Like, and mm. I know that you, you can have this kind of world of the nuanced characters and everything else, but yeah, I, three stars. Result was never in doubt. Like on a hiding to nothing kind of coming after the beforehand. I don't know. Like the Britt Baker stuff, it just feels like, look, can we just put her in a feud of Thunder Rosa because we know we stand with that and we know the match is going to be fucking good. Can we just do that? Not fuck around with Abaddon, not fuck around with someone else who isn't going to beat her and just put her in, in there at least with someone's going to have a good match and or maybe, lo and behold, embrace the fact that the crowd love her and put her in there with Serena Deeb and turn Janie Hater. You know, any number of things that they could do in order to make this kind of a lot more interesting rather than his Brit wrestling, Chris Statlander. And you go, well, she's winning that like, and the match itself probably won't be great because they're all kind of wrestling to what they're really, what their abilities are at the moment. And there isn't this kind of standout person outside of like a Serena deep, who's able to carry it to those heights. So, you know, she was in the crowd earlier on and there's there me thinking she's fucking great. They'll be having a really good, tidy 10-minute match now at this point. That would be good. And, and I like Tay Conti, like mm-hmm. you guys as well. I think I think there's definitely something there. And, and she's improved out of sight. Mm-hmm. But it's still Tay Conti on a big kind of pay-per-view show. And when there's lots of big matches all around, this is going to get obviously lost in the shuffle. Well... At least we went from there to the proper stuff, lads. And uh, this is the point of the pay-per-view I've uh, rewound a few times and uh, and found <laughs> found the other timestamp of. We went into... This is like the business end. Um, well, actually, there's a match in the middle that maybe wasn't, but this is what uh, we, were, we were here for. Uh, Punk, Kingston. Uh, yeah, this, this is... I mean, this, this feud, I've loved it. I've loved it. I mean, you know, it's been simple, 
but it's been fucking brilliant and you know as perfect as that angle was we'll get into star ratings on this one and i actually struggled to to kind of star rate it like as a performance type of thing because if to me it felt like a fight it felt like the fight that we wanted based on that promo that we got um on rampage and you know the simplest of builds the simplest of real life feuds and then yeah the simplest of of matches really it was just fucking great like kingston and punk both coming out like you know meaning business straight from the top you know we kind of went straight to it Kingston hitting that spinning backwards at the start of the match was such a perfect way to start the match. I always felt like a, an answer for that punk headbutt that uh, me and you loved so much, Garrick. Like, they scramble to the outside and it's just, it's messy and it's, like we said about the, you know, the pull-apart angle, it was, it felt real because, you know, they were a little bit vindictive and they were a little bit, you know, petty and it felt like a, like a real argument. This felt like a real fight, you know, it was kind of like, structure be damned, it just, it got wild. Punk fucking gets busted open on the outside. So we gotta get a bit of blood, uh, which I'm always uh, always happy with. You know, got that great image of Punk hitting um, well teasing going for Cena's fire boots of doom. Because at this point in the match, you know the fans. You know, we said this was a, a few that didn't have a, a proper baby face and a heel. I think the fans had very much um, chosen maybe the more sympathetic side of Kingston, but I think Punk paid into that really well as far as getting, you know, more vindictive as, as the match went on and playing up to the, to the crowd. And they're like, I loved all of that. I just loved them, you know, going back and forth, just, you know, I think Scalibur dropped over was it a Fry Takayama reference at one point when they were ex- exchange- exchanging shots and that felt, you know, just a bit, that was fucking awesome and yeah, you know, right into the finish which uh, we can talk about which uh, I love too. It was, you know, how, did they, how long did they go? Like 11, 12 minutes and it was just mm-hmm. perfect for what it was. It left me wanting more to the point that I have rewatched this maybe four or five times in a, at this point. I hope this isn't this isn't it, and I hope we are legitimately getting more. But for what it was, uh, for for its moment, and for for the build it's got on Gareth, like this was yeah standing standing and jumping up and down um, in my living room stuff, and I was uh, doing that again this morning when I uh, rewatched it a couple of times. I mean, this this is one of these where it just almost like from the seconds that they. You know, they were coming on the screen for their entrances. It was almost just like it was. You'd had those. Um, you'd had the promo that had happened last week, and then obviously you'd had the, like the video stuff of the parking lot. Was that on Rampage or was it on Dynamite? <laughs> it was on Dynamite. So good. real, didn't it? was like it was like you know, it, if they, if they were all... in the same building, well, what would they do? Would they go up the ring with microphones and have a dueling argument? No, they'd see each other. They want to fucking kill each other. It was so good. <laughs> And, and and this just felt joined. It felt like three things that were perfectly joined together. The the in ring confrontation from last week, the car, the the parking lot thing, and then the way that this like you know the start of this match happened with right from the intense entrances with those just like determined faces, just wanting to just get straight into it. You know they, you know. Eddie Kingston walked out and he just looked like a lad who was like, right, I'm going for a fucking fight here with you. You know, it's, it's almost like I know that I'm meeting someone behind the back of this pub and I'm, we're going to have a fucking straightener here and I'm going to kick the shit out of him. You know, he had that, he had that look on his face as he was walking to the, to the, to the ring. And you, as soon as I saw Eddie's face, I'm, you know, talked about like being on the downturn, but then previous two matches, second I saw Eddie's face on this, I'm just like, Oh, here we go back up again. And the crowd was there with it as well. And you know, it was just that, that perfect. Perfect, uh, perfect upturns of things there, but I mean, I mean, you've 
you know, you've you've referenced, you know, most of the stuff Benno there, you know, I just I yeah, don't want to go over certain points, but you know, when he fucking nailed punk with that spinning back fist or back elbow with like before oh. you know, b- b- before the bell, he's there like smiling, laughing as the crowd chant Eddie kind of thing, and like oh, you literally you could not have you couldn't have started this in a in a better way at all. Like you say, it's the receipt for the headbutt. It's the intensity of the fight. It's the fact that this is like this is real shit. Shit is going down here, kind of thing. And I'm not here to fucking mess about. There's no fucking collar and elbow tie up there, kind of thing. I'm coming out and I'm going to fucking lay you out because I fucking hate you. And it was just you just had that real like initial intensity there, and then like pretty much like right after that where they're on the outside and like Eddie's on him and he's like he's biting him and he's headbutting him and then like he's like wrenching his when they're on the floor he's wrenching into Punk's ear and things like that just vicious and just brutal and just like just totally just fit everything that had just gone before for for what this uh what this feud needed to what this feud needed to be and you know you say it was like 11 minutes long you know you look at the match time as some of those previous matches mm-hmm. as well this was just perfection there for what it needed to be. And they still managed to get over that exhaustion of the fight with about like three minutes to go in this. So that they'd been at it for like as short as like seven or eight minutes kind of thing, but they were both fucked because they'd laid into each other so much throughout the match at every opportunity that they, that they could get just absolutely, absolutely great stuff. And then like with the end in there, obviously where that, you know, Eddie teased going for the, GTS and doing his wanking motion kind of <laughs> thing good. before he did it, and then that was punk fucking la- brilliant. Yeah, but punk punk landing it, but then not being able to, you know, capitalize and then landing it landing it again. The one that the second one that he landed there, I, I loved the way Eddie took it. Like it it it, it looked great, and it just just the way he sort of crumbled from it was fantastic. And and then obviously at the end. The handshake and the attempt, and then the uh, then the refusal. Like again, it just left you just thinking, like, "There's more in this. There's more, you know. The, 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 this isn't a, this isn't over. This isn't um, this isn't Eddie and Mox becoming good pals at the end of their little feud or sort of thing. This is no, the animosity is still there, and Eddie wants Eddie's going to want to get something back on him here. And yeah, I'm fucking here all all for it, Benno. You say you've watched it four or five times. I've watched it three times in the limited <laughs> you know time I've had today. It's just just great stuff. I went four point two five stars on it, and um, no match made me happier last night than this match. Yeah, it's a hard one to star rate, isn't it? Because it was like you know mm. not like there's a you know a, well I mean there is the overall story is incredible. But you know what I mean? It's not like there's like layers of story you know in a match, but it didn't need that. I mean I, I've gone four and a half on it. Like I, I yeah, I just thought it was perfect for what it was. I mean, where did you go, JP? What do you what do you give it out of interest? You watched I was it. Four, I was- Four point two five. I I kind of you view you have to view this as an entirety as a package. It's the promos, it's the build, it's the and Chris says in the chat perfectly, this was set up as a blood feud. So guess what? They fucking fought each other. Um rather than having a kind of technical match, which we see happen so much to the point where I just I think we just kind of accept it. Um I my thought on this was like where occasionally you'd be watching like a UFC show. And a lot of matches would be going to time limit draws and things yeah, like that. Yeah. And here, this reminds me of the other week where Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler just went out there and knocked shit out of each other. And they were kind of punch drunk. 
very early on because they're gassed because they've just been absolutely swinging as hard as fuck early on. So the whole thing, like for the legitimacy of a fight, it kind of felt like it had that kind of structure to it as well. And you've mentioned all of the stuff that that's brilliant within it. It's 11 minutes and I can immediately kind of visualize the back fist at the beginning, the smearing of the blood, the wanking during the, uh, the wanking sign during the <laughs> fucking a... uh, the the go to sleep. That's not like you're up... going to Erod. <laughs> now that would have been a pay per view moment, wouldn't it? If he'd done that, all that goodwill, Eddie Kingston babyface heat. If he decided to do what that guy did in an episode of Brass Eye, just uh, talking about Tony <laughs> Khan, but anyway. um, um, yeah, well, possibly in the back. We haven't seen Cody's dog for a bit. I'm unrelated. <laughs> But yeah, like, like you say, loads of like the the teasing of the five knuckle shuffle. You're talking in eleven minutes. Yeah, we're fitting in these moments that really stick out, and it's just close ups of their faces that stick mm-hmm. in the mind. This is the perfect start to a feud that really shouldn't be ending. Better Not doing be. the handshake at the end, fucking great. No, <laughs> this shouldn't be. They don't always have to. They don't always have to be in direct feud with each other. But there's no world where these should. Two should be teaming I, up under kind of yeah like, for enemies. Type of thing. It should always kind of be like. I this. wonder. I wonder, like, because I mean, I want like you know, I want it after the match. To be honest, every time I rewatch it, I'm like, oh, I just want Eddie to get up and beat the shit out of Punk or something, or like for them to do that immediately on Dampage, Dynamite or Rampage. But like, I think what would. What would probably be perfect if we all just forget about it and like that two months go by or something like that, and Punk's doing like a happy smiley babyface match, and Kingston just comes out of nowhere and fucking murders him. Like you know, maybe not two months. I don't know if I can do two more months of, uh, of happy CM Punk, but you know what I mean. Something like that, maybe in a couple of weeks. Maybe he stews over it for a, for a few weeks and then and then comes back. Yeah, I, I do. Every time I rewatch it, I want more, and I wonder. You know, the finish. They do protect Eddie, you know, he loses a fucking lot, but, you know, losing a fight like this is no slight, but the fact that, like, Punk was, it was just felt sinister when, before he went for that second GTS, he's, like, just hitting those knees, and he's just, it's just mean, and then he hit the GTS, it almost felt like, you know, just a little bit of insult to injury there as well, it just made me think, oh, I hope they're doing this again, like, I really do. And and the thing is, when he was doing them knees, and the crowd were booing Punk, mm. and like Punk was just giving those looks to the crowd, and it was it was just such a good look. Like the the look on Punk's face as he looked yeah. to the to the crowd, it was just like again, it was just something that just where you, you know you talk about like seeds, breadcrumbs, and stories, kinds of things. Like it it didn't. It didn't look an unintentional reaction the way Punk was reacting to the crowd's reaction to him. You know, it, it was like there was something there for you to sort of think, aye, aye, kind yeah. of thing. And, you know, just 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 think about that a little bit more. And, and, and the fact that, again, I think we talked about this last week, but obviously the wave of popularity that Punk's return to wrestling is, and yet putting a feud with Eddie Kingston here, he can be in an environment where that volume that proportion of the crowd are pro Eddie and not pro punk kind of thing. It just sort of, it just really speaks to how good Eddie Kingston has, 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 has been in sort of playing his part as late, but it also just gives you that kind of where you've talked about what more meat on the bones of, you know, 
Punk's character and things for him to get his, his, his teeth into and things like that. It almost feels like the dam's just been blown wide open there, and then there's just like there's there's so many routes here now that they can they can go down with Punk to just build on build on from this as well and get increasing returns out of what Punk's bringing to the company as well. Yeah, he's he's not so like, it's not you know one one promo on dynamite it'll be babyface again it was for the circumstance it was for the nuanced told story unlike cody this is not hitting anybody on the sidelines you know both of them will be fine you know you can get away with you know with with, with this here with you know two beloved wrestlers um but yeah i mean i, I suppose we're, i mean i was gonna say that those um that the strikes as well upon how what form those ones to make strikes are so much better aren't they since he's like you know trained mma you know i wouldn't say he's been successful at mma but you know trained mma actually you know everything looks that that bit better but no the other point i was going to make was yeah we haven't talked about it Gareth, the, uh, the headline here uh cm shorts um what do we think it wasn't um it wasn't quite you know his uh his roh shorts days which went right down to the knee but he was going for a more of a you know again speaking of that mma trainer like maybe muay thai kind of shorts uh, mm. there's such thing as kickboxing shorts I don't know probably more like you know shoot fighting y style ones with the Chicago flag on it what's it yeah. how do we grade it as a, as, a, as a new CM Punk look we like short shorts that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, another song um, <laughs> but like, oh, I, I, thought, I thought it was a great look I thought, thought it was uh, I thought you if you came look at this look- from the start I think we wouldn't have had any complaints. It would have been fresh, but also good, mm. which was the problem with the tights and those stupid kick pads he was wearing on the, the first time he came back. Uh, I thought it was a good look. I think, like uh, I said to you, if uh, if these are for retail, I'll definitely be buying a pair of these to just wear around the house and just, uh, <laughs> yeah. you, you know. Look comfy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pro T's need to sort it out. How are they not well, to get more comfy clothes in a minute as well? We'll, we'll be, <laughs> be seen dead in public wearing them, but yeah, definitely, uh, definitely wandering, wandering around the house, uh, sitting here on Zoom meetings at work. You know. <laughs> I, I assumed he had the shorts because it was like a bit of a fuck you to Eddie about I'm going to wear the gear that I'd have been wearing on the Indies and the mm. rest of it. Just as a not really. They were- Bit Maybe I'm stretching like, it. Yeah, I mean they look different. They were obviously different to what it was. They were a good bit shorter. Mm. Um, I just prefer him in his trunks now at this point. Maybe that's just me. Important. Take he can wear what he wants. He has there. free will. Like, he's a <laughs> grown fucking adult. You know, he can wear what he wants. It feels a bit churlish. I like the variety. It's a thing now. What's he going to be wearing? The only, the only thing about it is it's the bravery of like pulling it out for like this this grudge match where a bit like the Cody tattoo they could have taken the uh, the uh, you know the the focus away a little bit like why is he wearing these shiny like if it had been like you know, if they'd have been a worse design or something like that we could might have all just been distracted by by the shorts type of thing maybe uh, I would have gone with a t shirt and jeans but he's brave he's a trendsetter as CM Punk he takes these risks and. You know, sometimes they don't work and sometimes they pay off. <laughs> Chris has said he's like something from a 1980s football <laughs> shit. Yeah. <laughs> Tight top, short shorts. Yeah, I can picture it. Yeah. You don't, you don't want to go for the uh, jeans and t-shirt look though and look for look like Christian Cage. Ah, that's true. That's he had, true. Yeah, he, he had that one down. He had dibs on that. Oh, I mean, and the thing about it is as well, like this was a match that was not on the, um, you know, it, there was two no disqualification matches on this show. And this wasn't one of them, and it still felt like the most brutal of all three. I mean, that tells you something yeah. you can do, doesn't it, within the uh, the confines of, uh, of pro wrestling? Eh? <laughs> They'll do something unique. 
Speaking of which, that's a great that's a great segue into the next yeah, match. It is, it is. Speaking of which, <laughs> how was this second last? Uh, I mean, yeah, they they lost me here. Uh, the uh, inner circle versus um, American top team schmoz. I don't know. I feel like a broken record, you know, with the angle isn't for me, but it gets over. The match here wasn't for me, but it got over. It was, you know. <sighs> It was weird because, like, you know, I thought I think everyone saw a man on Twitter, and I believe in the building as well, was making the same complaint. I'm gonna thought this was no DQ. Why are they tagging? And then at some point in the match, it was just like, ah, fuck it. Now, now we're not tagging. I mean, I think the real the real reason was, you know, they need they had a hold of a load of MMA guys in there. They wanted to hide in a match, and it came to the night, and presumably Jericho, whoever's bad idea it was to make the the street this a street fight, were like, oh. Actually, yeah, shit. We, it's probably not a good idea to have them having to continuously do things for 20 minutes. We probably do need to hide a couple of these lads on the apron at points. And yeah, in the end, we kind of got something, you know, felt, feels a bit similar to what we said about the Lucha Brothers FTR match where there was a match of two halves and they did that for a while. And then they started brawling around and bringing in the, the crazy weapons and such. And like I say, it got over in the building. Um, there's a couple of memorable spots we can talk about here. Mm. Some for good reasons, some for bad reasons. But yeah, crowd enjoyed it. I wasn't one of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and as a semi-main event, it was not. No, um, it was a proper old clusterfuck. Was it at twenty minutes as well? Because it was long. Something like this that. Was. Yeah, yeah, twenty. Yeah, I was 20. watching it going like I assumed this can't be going more than ten. I laughed at sections of this. I laughed yeah. uh, when I thought Junior Dos Santos appeared to be wearing flip-flops and a pair of white socks. And then it turned out they were actual trainers. Like, initially looking at it... You've been like, on Garrett's timeline. I like, shit myself up. No. Uh, that tweet last night. Uh, one of your best ever. JP is earlier. Oh! <laughs> Absolutely casual. It might have been just the white and the blue. I just it's funny because it's true. There you go. Yeah. JP, sorry. Great well. minds. I've I've done that around a swimming pool before as well. Um, <laughs> I mean, he, he's loving it. Arlovsky just looked like didn't have a clue. Just like didn't have a clue what to do here as well. The image, some of the images just for this, it's just the complete random nature. Like you mentioned, this idea they're having a tag match, and then they all suddenly remember it's a Minneapolis street fight, and all of a sudden. Chris Jericho's holding a the sting um, Prince sign and hitting someone over. He's just like, "What the fuck is going on?" Just really wild. I thought a big, big shout out for Dan Lambert's velour tracksuit. Like it, it looks like he saw your Ring of Honor tracksuit and thought, "I will raise you up a level for for this one." Um, I'll wear it. It looked incredible. He was, I mean, you call him Bobby Heenan on the weekend show. My God, he was in pure, like, he just might as well have been in a weasel outfit by the end of it. Like, I liked him. I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. He was, he was loving it and he was having the time of his life doing that stuff as well. Um, it was, there was a, just these moments though, where there was a point, I think, when Ethan Page was going to be pinned and Junior Dos Santos just sort of stood there watching from the outside. <laughs> wasn't the worst thing he did. No, he wasn't. Oh, I mean, that, the, the uh, standing moonsault as well. The li- the li- oh, no, no, not that. I was talking about the, uh, the lion salt when Jericho went for the oh, lion salt and literally was like, Junior, Junior, <laughs> like waiting yeah. for Junior Dos Santos to, to hit him. He had to just stand there and freeze in time on the second rope. It yeah. was uh, Rico Constantino and, uh, and Jeff Hardy all over again, wasn't it? But, by the way, why did Jake Hager hit 
Arlovsky with a toaster and then that pan. Uh, like you appear to be hitting him with stuff like all the time, and he just disappear for a bit, Arlovsky, um, <laughs> and, and then and then come back in. I've written on here, man gets hit in crotch with football. It was you know that's a nice reference as we brought up the Simpsons earlier on. Um, uh, so in, in the pre-show, just an absolute clusterfuck. I won't lie, there were things that I openly laughed at. Too long, no need to be this long no need to be on this show this might have done a decent tv rating or something else like that but jesus christ like it 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 completely dragged it didn't need to be there i I went two and a half on this because like i say i enjoyed stuff but i'm probably watching this in completely the wrong way of like laughing isn't this wild (laughs) and i also thought someone like page van sant might get involved or someone like that and then that just didn't happen so is this feud kind of over that it, like we said it's on the preview we all predicted a american top team would win because like what are you doing within a circle at this point what are they like why isn't proud and powerful challenging for the tag belts against the lucha brothers and having great matches like they did in impact back in the day you know what i mean it's just like overall at the at the end of this it, it just is like okay this killed a bit of time you did some stuff with jericho but what is this? Is Junior Dos Santos coming in to wrestle Chris Jericho? I'd watch that for a laugh, but <laughs> that's really where it is. Uh, you know, where, where do you go from here with this? Yeah. Five stars, Gareth. <laughs> half it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two and a half. And this was, uh, I've got nothing, I've got nothing to add. It was, it was 4 a.m., wasn't it? Yeah, four a.m. and this, uh, this is twenty. This is twenty minutes at four a.m. Like mm. and I was just like my eyes were bleeding at this point, and then just watching this, this just cluster just go, and I was just like, again, why is this even on the cards? Like talk about being able to just strip something, you know, strip something back again. If you're going to do this, give it ten minutes. You know, <laughs> don't be fucking going twenty at uh, at this point. Twenty ten. This is another instance of the shorter might have been the better because there'd have been more time to, you know, stuff might have been more impactful. You could have hid stuff a bit better. It could have the the match could have just started, you know, got going a bit quicker and things like that. But yeah, it's um, it's nothing that I was uh, was pleasant viewing at uh, at that time in the, in, in the morning um, I didn't even enjoy the Baron Van Raschke um, spot either like oh, I thought yeah, uh, <laughs> I like that you know. <laughs> it was one of them where it was like oh yeah but, but even that was delivered poorly I thought I just thought this whole thing was just dog shit and, yeah just <laughs> um, don't don't want to think about it ever again. Oh, poor Baron Van Vashti, he's like 110, you know. I'll forgive him for uh, poorly executed as a spot. I would say one of the things that like that really feels like it's missing was missing from the card at this point in time. It was at that point I was thinking, all right, we've had two kind of street fights that have gone everywhere. We've had a few Eddie Guerrero tributes. We've yeah, had one in that match, too. you know, there's there's bits where nobody's looked at the card in totality and thought, what do we need each match to kind of achieve and space it out? You've got blood in a couple of matches. You know, there's there's stuff at this point, where was the restraint? Apologies, I burped live on air. Um, but like, where, where was the restraint? Like, Where was your restraint? <laughs> it could have been a lot louder, mate, if I'd let it, let it go properly old school like I did when I was a teenager. Um, no, it, it just felt like... What, like at this point in time, 
it was like nobody looked at it in they you know you had individual matches set up and they've given it all these stipulations and various other kind of things they were going to do within the matches but they never looked at all of it and went this is not too much should we simplify some of this stuff Hmm. and that's that's still a thing that they're missing from their big shows that's Jericho is in England, isn't he? From like the end of November till like the middle of December, like he's touring every single night. So um, fingers crossed, it might be a a pause, a pause in this. Maybe uh, maybe there's something to take him off TV for two months or something like that, and we uh, we see the end of this. I think it's needed. Been saying that for months, so. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, we went from there into the big debut of the night, lads. <laughs> I mean, you know, you thought all out was good. Um, fuck oh, me. No. Here he comes, Jimmy Lethal. Um, Jay Lethal, um, newest addition to AEW. Uh, Tony Schiavone, bring him out. But apparently, he's answering an opening challenge for the TNT title. He's going to remember Sammy Guevara. Apparently, he's a TNT champion. He was in the previous <laughs> match. Uh, yeah, great, uh, great shout to put the belt on mm. him from Miro. Ah. I joke. I'm sure they'll get going with his with his run. Jay Lethal, though, like, I just don't. I mean, that's a three point two five star wrestler. If I ever saw him, he's he's fine. He's prof- he's a perfectly acceptable professional wrestler. He's you know he doesn't mm. excite me in any way when he's not doing a Randy Savage impression. He's kind of bland. And he's another body you've got to come up with plans for every week on Dynamite and Rampage. I. You know, there's obviously, you know, there's the other issues. You know, he was named in Speaking Out and there's plenty of, you know, story about about him and, you know, things that are that are out there and publicly available. It doesn't mm. feel like maybe AW have done much due diligence on because I feel like that's going to come back to bite them if uh, the last 24 hours of, uh, of Twitter or anything to go by. And just all in all, just, a, you know, that's probably the main thing, but a bizarre sign and even without all that. Yeah, you, yeah bizarre. I, do you know what? I mean, I, I have to admit, like when a lot of the, the stuff that we've been named around speaking out, I have to say that it felt like that must have passed me by inexplicably. Like I'd There's not a lot seen of that, that, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, because there were so, so many people. But like you mentioned, even without that, like, and that's a, re- that's a complete red flag not to sign him. Yeah. But without that, it's like, why? Well, I, I didn't know this happened. Like, uh, it's like, oh, I went onto Instagram this morning and I saw a thing that said, Jay, Jay Lethal is all elite. I laughed, assumed it was some sort of fucking <laughs> Photoshop thing and thought nothing of it until he appeared here. And I was like, what the, you mentioned like champion from all over the world. And I was like, who's this? And then suddenly it dawned on me that Jay Lethal thing is real. And it's like, why, why, why is that the case? Um, it's a really odd signing. I don't know what it is he offers in any way, shape, or form. There's no match that involves him or potential storyline that could make me excited in any way, shape, or form. Within Ring of Honor, we complained about him being the top guy where he was for, frankly, far too long. Mm. And it was just a, a very dull reigns that didn't really amount to anything in the scheme of things. And very much... A, like the kind of guy you put as your champion when your company's in the downturn. Mm. What can he add? Dull. Where? You it's know, dull. we looked at that ROH roster, he was nowhere near. Like, not that it was like a million people screaming out at me, I'm like, oh, wait, we should sign them. But he wouldn't have been top five. He probably wouldn't have been top ten. I, 
I just don't get it. Think of the other people in Ring of Honor, whether you go Aggression, a mm. Bandido, a Brody King, where you can see the reasoning behind that. This? Really? Well, you don't need another coach. Like, it just is... I don't know. We we said, that, you know, when we were talking about where do all the people from Ring of Honor go, we were all like, well, Impact clearly is the kind of place for him. And yeah, this is a pointless signing, which, as oh, you but... mentioned, it's just going to get them. It's also going to get them the kind of negative press and publicity mm. that they do. They try and work really hard not to get around, like, you know, not to get involved in that. But mm. it's just going to give them that and for no tangible benefit. Great. Big Jay Lethal fan, Gareth? <laughs> Guess or not? No. That, that, coming right off the back of that match. And it was like, oh, there's a big announcement. And I was like, oh, you know, and that was something that then just kind of just woke me up a little bit. And then when when I saw it was Jay Lethal, I was just, I, 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 I couldn't believe it. I thought, have I fallen asleep here or something? Is this like some horrible nightmare? Oh, or some, something. It was just, it was... I was just sat there, just like literally saying out loud in my living room, "Why, why?" Like I just and and I like I'm in the same boat as JP. There, I had no idea about any of the speaking out stuff related to Jay Lethal. I was just like, "This this guy is just going to add zero to a to to AW. There's no reason. There's no point for him to be on on the roster. He's now just another body there that's just like blocking up a bit of space. Like you know, I'm just looking and thinking of people." On dark, who are regularly on dark, dark elevation. You know, your Lee Moriarty is, a, who's obviously signed recently. You've, you know, where you've got your your Wheeler Utahs, even who's just getting squashed and things. You've got your Lee Johnsons, your Griff Garrisons. You know, people like that. I'd much rather see them been getting some kind of, you know, Sunny Kiss, even Sunny Kiss. I'd rather, you know, so, so there, there's five lads. There, there's, there's, there's five lads who I'd rather see, like Joey having having TV. No, not Joey. He's coming up soon, isn't it? Yeah, I've, I've been keeping a watchful eye on that one. Um, <laughs> Stop calling um, Gareth will be, be around for that one. <laughs> but um, I, I was flabbergasted. I absolutely just could not believe that this was a thing that that's happening. And like, my God, you know, it it, it you know it doesn't even feel like it's just a come in, have a you know, you know, it's it's not a Macardona run. Is a he's, he's been signed proper, hasn't he? Kind of thing. Like you're gonna have yeah, to put up yeah. with him for a serious amount of time. And unless, of course, this you know the 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 backlash on the speaking out stuff, you know, comes comes out, um, you, you know, more strongly, which mm. it does feel like it has, you know, been quite large scale on social media. It feels like over the last you know twenty four hours, probably since it was uh, since it was announced. Again, it's one of those where that's when. You know, you call into question with with AW. You know, how you know how much due diligence have they done? You know how you know what um, what do they know or not know about this this, this scenario as well? Because um, yeah, it does seem like there's a there's a lot of detail out there on on on, the, on this particular one as well, and it doesn't feel like it's sort of, it doesn't feel like it's the sort of thing that's it's not going to just go away. You know, you know, it feels like it's almost like been escalated to prominence because of the because of this as well and obviously you know you know i was looking at this from just being a negative just from the point of view of having jay lethal on the roster but you don't want to have that negative of you know looking like you're employing and you know caught in people with this kind of you know alleged background in there you know we've we've 
you know we've seen the reaction to other promotions as uh, as well and you know you'd you'd hope that they would do the right thing if um if 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 there is that level of detail there for them to to act upon great agreed well at least we went from there to the most anticipated match of uh, <laughs> of the year um Ham Vampire and Kenny Omega um felt like uh Felt like Christmas has hit lads compared to uh, what had come uh, before, and just in general, really. It was, um, you know, I enjoyed the um, the go home angle on uh, on Dynamite. Did feel a little bit rushed for my money, but I did, you know, and the Don Carlos stuff it was a little hokey, but you know, a bit of blood, bit of evil, Kenny, bit of last minute juice. Uh, I like that. I thought that was uh, well done, and you know, they they carried that through to here. You know, made it feel big time with with Kenny with the uh, you know with it with his big entrance and Hangman Page coming out with the uh, you know using the, the video of him on the uh, the horse on the uh, the streets of uh, that was incredible. Yeah, he looked like he was freezing his ass. Off. <laughs> but, yeah, no, but ju- just from a technical perspective, when it went yeah. up to the to the walkway and had the Dark Order running that way, just as their acknowledgement. Oh, going through like the walkways. Have you seen them in Minnesota? Yeah. By the way, like but they have like these walkways that are above street level for, especially for in the winter and they connect all these Come different on. buildings in like downtown oh yeah i've seen plenty about it on sounds it. like some fifth it's element different. shit there, <laughs> yeah. it's there. Like, all about? steph was going oh yeah there's literally no one on the streets because everyone's in those things traveling from like building to building above above street level it's like all around like the downtown area genius you know what they're doing those minnesotans <laughs> deal with a lot of snow so- it's a bit too sick. The clown's dystopian future. For Get you right to the venue, apparently. Right to, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, no fun. <laughs> Sorry, I, you nearly sent me off on an NFL rant there when you were talking about Minnesota and what they're doing. But I'll, 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 I'll spare you that. Not the Vikings. Um, <laughs> but it was a great shot. Sorry to uh, to JP's point. So I was really impressed with the architecture. Mm. Um, but yeah, that was great. And then yeah, we. we got to the match i mean a lot of bill for this one we said lads we went um maybe sold they hit quite the uh the point that you know they were at maybe a couple of months ago and, and even before that as far as heat but i think i think dynamite helped we had the right results here and yeah it was the the match that uh that sent everyone happy but what did we think of the uh the bell to bell hmm everyone's scared to go um, first <laughs> i'll go I'll, I'll go first um I went 4.25. My overall thought was this was a very good match, but didn't hit the levels that I thought it would do. I thought there was a period in the middle where there was kind of what felt like a bit of a noticeable lull, which probably given the running time of the card and everything else. And you guys are watching this at like half past four in the morning. So Christ knows how you felt for it. Yeah. Um, It was like a kind of very traditional match. I would have said at the start, we all knew they were going to go long. That was, you know, part of always what was going to happen. But I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was, you know, I thought it was written here good, but not great for the first 10. You know, a lot of Kenny working over the neck. You had the, you know, the German on the apron. I like the fact that the kind of big moves and the big moments were spaced out. I really did enjoy the ref spot. I will say just the way that they managed to do it and then get Aubrey running towards sprinting towards the ring pretty quickly in order to deliver the two count. I kind of enjoyed that. However, and you know, there are moments where there's kind of reversal exchange and the rest where you expect it to be really good. And the crowd were kind of a bit more up there. Those at that point, all that young buck stuff was completely unnecessary. Didn't really need it. Like I wasn't, a fan of it it's not that I completely hated it but 
you just didn't need to do it. You could have just have him. He gets out of the one wing danger. I thought he was going to kick out of it. So clearly they're they're saving that for a, for another occasion, which is obviously absolutely fine. But I kind of thought it distracted it in some ways. It didn't feel like it was tying a story up altogether with the Bucks coming out and doing the nod. It's the kind of thing that leads on to other stuff, which I just thought that shouldn't have been the focus. So I where it goes from here, it's kind of interesting. I think it probably leads to Kenny taking some time off because I think he looks kind of beaten up and could do with it and could do with a break from being on t- off on TV. So take him off there for a bit. Um, I, yeah, uh, 4.25, but I had really high hopes that I'd be going four and a half, at least 4.75 and maybe even five. But just for me, it never felt like it was going to get to that level at any stage. Yeah, I'm probably in the same boat as you. You know, I've gone 4.25 as well. But there was, I think, with the build and the length of build and everything like that, and then obviously who was involved. And, you know, I probably had in my head this idea that, you know, possibly this could be like the match of the year or something like that. You know, I think with the 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 everything that had been built towards. So in some ways, when you're going into a match with that kind of like level expectation in your mind, like it's almost like it's a bit of a detriment to just to, to, to some point from the the outcome and there's that almost that element of you while still loving it and thoroughly enjoying it like almost having that bit of disappointment in there so it's kind of like i've gone 4.25 which means that i i fucking really really enjoyed it it was a really good match mm-hmm. the, the way the match was put together i enjoyed I, I enjoyed the outcome but the fact it was it was a bit of a weird feeling at the end because the fact that it didn't deliver at that absolute tippy top level for me kind of just left me feeling a bit like disappointed maybe but again you know probably have it i watched it again the second time today and i think i definitely enjoyed it more the second time around than the first time around for almost having that kind of live in the moment feeling probably less tired as well probably contributed as well um to 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 that aspect as well but i think i I think i did enjoy it a bit more i'd have probably maybe been inclined to maybe go four last night whereas i did did nudge it up to 4.25 when i watched it again today but it it was it it felt i I think just was sort of almost like a, a structural point of view it it didn't feel like your typical kenny kind of main event match to to some degree obviously you had a lot of the stuff you know there's the distraction you know early on you know you had you know attacking behind the ref's back you know thumb to the eye callous doing stuff on the outside and things there was a lot of almost like classic traditional heel work and things as opposed to the best bout machine going out there and having that kind of match really so you know it was a very different uh thing from that uh, that setup but I think I just liked the way Hangman was presented in this with a lot of his like hope spots and little comeback spots, you know, just been this kind of like high impact desperation counter spots with like a lot of the, the big dives or the, the like high impact, um, you know, off, offensive moves that he, would, that, that he was doing. I think it kind of worked well into, you know, giving you that kind of, I don't know, desire to get behind him and kind of going on the journey with him to to get to that final point. Um, you know, I thought it was I thought it was put together well for 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 that point of view. But it, it, it almost, I think, where it's kind of just draws back for me is it almost it never felt it never felt epic. I don't think at any point it never felt like it was this 
groundbreaking epic match and and i was pleased obviously with the the the, the time that it went that it was you know in my mind i was thinking oh th- th- this could easily be kenny going 40 minutes or 45 or something like that you know they went 25 in the end which essentially was just a couple of minutes more than the six man <laughs> that had been earlier so it was quite rapid actually in terms of you know time of of, of match and i almost feel like it didn't it 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 didn't build that upper echelon feel to it. Um, I'm, I'm with you, JP, on the Young Bucks stuff at the end. Not sure what it added. You know, it'd be interesting to see where it goes storyline-wise from here here as to how that plays off um, and things like that. But, I mean, it was still still left you with that nice kind of good taste in the mouth ending kind of thing as, you know, Hangman's in there celebrating with the Dark Order. You've got that payoff that is, you know, he's won the match and, you know, we can all go away happy seeing seeing all those guys, you know, celebrate together in the, in, in the ring. So all in all, you know, enjoyable stuff. I think it's, it, it, it's, it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's one of them. Take your kind of pre-match expectations out of the mix and it's something that you leave with a smile on your face that's enjoyable, that didn't overstay its welcome, give you the outcome that you wanted and the match itself, you know, delivered to a certain, you know, a, a positive level as well. So you can't be, uh, you can't be too disappointed at the end of the day. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd agree with that. I got, I wasn't disappointed because it was what I expected. Four point two five stars. That's Kenny Omega's AEW title run, isn't it, lads? Um, I'll save that for the for, uh, for the, the deep. Well, end. I was going to say it feels like we can go straight into that now. Can't we? <laughs> you know, I haven't gone higher than that in the entire run. You know, like and I wasn't like that's where I went on. The, I think that's where I went on the Danielson match. Maybe I mean that was the closest I would have gone to like four and a half. Um, uh, I don't think Kenny Omega's the wrestler he was. I know he's doing a lot of shtick. I know he's doing a different type of character. And, you know, maybe he'll try and go back to Best Bout Machine now. He's still among the very good wrestlers in the world, don't get me wrong, or the great wrestlers in the world. But he's not the best wrestler in the world, and he's not... I mean, that's understandable, you know, what he put his body through to have those best matches of all time in in New Japan and the like. Uh, If he is slowing down a little bit, that wouldn't shock me. It could just be the shtick. I mean, you know, it was funny because, like, yeah, I would go about this... I was like toying between four and four point two five on this. I did actually enjoy, in a way, in isolation, enjoy the Young Bucks melodrama, um, even if it didn't really wasn't really in fitting with the you know the grandiose nature of the match. I could kind of appreciate the idea on its own merits, but yeah, um, it just felt like it's. I mean, it is. You're not wrong, Gareth. It's more about you know the destination here it's more about you know the happy moments at the end of the show it's more about you know a wrestling company giving us you know what everyone wanted at the end of the day mm. you know the, not ending with uh with with kenny going over heat or you know don Callis doing something that leads to leads to that you know or all that you know, ref bump that was there there in the match which again didn't really fit what i wanted out of the match but i can't argue that it didn't kind of the match didn't escalate from there and it didn't you know get the crowd going a bit more like yeah, it's weird. Like some of the things that you normally hate about these matches are kind of almost saving graces for me. And yeah, I, I, while I again, while I don't think the the work was, you know, to that level, to that match of the year level that maybe you want out of a you know a, a really historically important match like this, it was still nonetheless historically important. It still was nonetheless a great ending. It still was lovely to see Paige out there with Dark Order. You know, it's going to be very interesting to see. You know what Paige's as AEW champion looks like, is it a short reign? You know, he's going to be going into Wednesday into his home state, and I'm sure you know that'll be a, a big moment. But you know, what's the feud from there? Um, yeah, sorry, JP. No, I 
I was thinking to myself when he's going to Norfolk, Virginia, I was like, uh, is he going to the scope? Because that feels to me, if you're going to one arena in Norfolk, Virginia, the scope is one for those. If you like to your WCW videotapes from the early 90s, that was a, definitely a place to kind of go to. But yeah, where does this run go from here? Mm. Babyface champions? I mean, fairly Moxley as babyface champion, they did as well as they could, but there's a whole circumstance around him being the COVID champion at that point in time. Well, considering the circumstances, yeah, I'm with you. They did. I mean, I imagine he gets a big win over Danielson. That would be very bizarre to put the title on Danielson after this entire build all of this way. Um, There are kind of new, fresh directions that you you would want him to go in. It's not like there isn't talent. Mm -hmm. I would be suggesting have a match against Pac at some point in there because, God forbid, I reckon they've, they've got these... It's a crazy idea. They've got these like kind of brilliant workers. They can slot in to have some very good matches. They need to do that because, again, as, as some we'll get into the Kenny Omega reign in in depth. It's just been all over the place. Mm. If you go through the list of people he's wrestled over that time, it's it's mad, and it's madcap. Overall, though, it delivered what he needed to do, didn't it? If we're going to think of the big takeaways from it, it it, it did that. And I hope it goes well. I th- just think overall, when I think of this card as like the kind of the bigger overall thoughts, it probably just isn't as good as I kind of wanted it to be. Obviously, I kind of thought there's a real potential for this to be like kind of a, an absolutely cracking card if everything hits fire. But we never really got to that place outside of the opener and the Eddie Kingston CM Punk match for me. Like, and that's. And that's still a thing that's there. It's how they structure these big pay-per-views is, is still an issue, isn't it? Well, they got all out right, didn't they? That's the thing. Like, yeah. I, I kind of felt like, you know, we'd had how many conversations about how the pay-per-views had, had kind of disappointed us. You know, mainly problems with the length, some some layout considerations, but, you know, just not quite hitting our lofty expectations as much as we love AEW as a company, as much as we love the TV, and, we'll, you know, we are very much AEW homers at this point. The pay-per-views have always been a bit of a sticking point with us, and we forgot about that last time, because all out, it just magic hit and it worked. This kind of had the same old issues, didn't it? Ta- timing issues, you know, uh, layout issues... It just, yeah, it was too much, and I get it because you've only got four pay per views a year, haven't you? So, you know, there's definitely an argument to to go in big or or go home. But they choose that though. Mm, true. Four pay per views a year. There's no restriction. They could do twelve. I don't think they should. Mm. Yeah, but maybe six. Not... I, don't know, I keep four, but I just think, yeah, I don't. It just, it. I don't think you need big changes though. I think that. It can work. I just think, mm. yeah, you need, you know, to shuffle a card around a bit. You can't have that Cody tag on here. You can't have, you know, two of those plunder matches like we had, especially when the better one came first anyway. So then, you know, the Jericho one had fucking no chance anyway um, to be anywhere near as good. It was just, yeah, it just felt like there were good ideas there, but it needed it needed some quality assurance. It needed somebody to be a bit harsh and go, listen, you know, this, this Young Bucks... Six man just doesn't cut the mustard for a pay per view match. Cody mate, we'll play your story out on Dynamite and 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 Rampage. You know, let's like you said earlier, Gareth. Let's give something to Rampage on this on this Friday night. It just needed some harsh decisions to be made, both in layout and 
to be fair, in timing too, in just, you know, the length of these matches. I think some of them, in fact, most of the matches on this show, with the exception of Punk and Kingston, could have done with being, you know, two or three to five minutes shorter. Six match cards. It's what they 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 just need to scale it back and it's it's earning being on there, you know. It it's been six matches that are of sufficient purpose, be it a title match or a feud of a certain level that you know, that can go out there. It can have the time. There's less going on, so you can have that higher element of like quality control. That you've not got the same, you know, something happening in match two that also that happens in match six and things. You know, little, little, you know, spots or be it blood or whatever kind of thing. I just think that they they, they almost like lose something with the pay per views by just trying to pack too much into them. And I think just scaling it back and you know, dirty word at this point, but like your NXT takeovers. The good thing about those and the reason that they were so popular is that you were having a smaller number of matches of a higher caliber or with a higher level of meaning about them that, you know, meant that you could, you know, you you were investing more in the event itself as a, as a whole. And, you know, certain ones were a bit more memorable because, because of that reason. And again, there's just, there's just parts of this that just makes me think I would never want to go back and watch this again. But when you look at the actual matches, you look at some of the, the top end stuff in isolation almost on this. There's really good stuff on this card. You know, am I going to want to watch Kenny Hangman again? Like, absolutely. Am I going to watch Punk and Eddie Kingston again? Yeah, certainly. Down the line, is it possible that I'll dip into Derby MGF? Like, maybe kind of thing. You look at the, you know, I'm looking on the app and looking at the match ratings. You know, all out. Yeah, it had that Bucks Lucha Brothers match, which is going to be the match of the year in AEW and possibly in all of you know wrestling on, on Grapple. But of all the AEW pay per views this year, the top five matches, three of them came from Full Gear. So Full Gear's delivered the the top end stuff there. And even if you go back and you look at pay per view matches in the entirety of AEW's history, if you look at the top ten. Those three matches are all in the top ten AEW pay per view matches ever, as well. You know, so in, ter- in terms of delivering from a match quality, match rating standpoint, Full Gear absolutely delivered. But the thing is, it was the it was obviously it was the good it was the good stuff that delivered, and probably this this pay per view as a whole, while it was positively received, why people they thought it was good, while there's a lot of good stuff on there slice away just two of those shit things on there and suddenly as a tight package there you go and hang about three of the six matches on this card are fucking absolute tippity top kind of thing this genuinely is one of the best pay-per-views of all time this is a pay-per-view that you need to go back and and, and revisit but unfortunately diluting it with some of the, the shit that's on the card just kind of makes you take a step back and i was kind of like left feeling a bit as I was sort of like lying in bed trying to get to sleep quickly last night, feeling a bit weird about it, feeling yeah. like almost like this has been good, but mm. but it hasn't kind of as well in equal measure. And I was really kind of finding it hard to kind of like just get my thoughts together on it and like ha- how good I thought it really was or not and things. It, it sort of left me, left me in a funny position that although there was good stuff there, I didn't walk away from it feeling massively positive about AEW as a whole, which isn't the way that you want to feel coming off the back of a pay-per-view and isn't the way you want to feel coming off the back of a pay-per-view where there has actually genuinely been some really good stuff on there that you that you did enjoy so it's it's a bit of a odd conundrum really yeah it's 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 weird it's like you know i i don't think i'm that i did come out still being like oh you know 
there was enough good stuff there for me to enjoy it was it is it's more like you say those matches there i think even if i feel like if you know danielson miro was on a better spot on the card you know and maybe the work was a little bit different i might have enjoyed that more and that might have been you know you switch that with the jet with the um with the inner circle tag and i feel like the card already looks better never mind the other you know minor changes you can get there yeah it just it does feel crazy that like you know and that is that that has been truthful you know of a big aw pay-per-views have we had you know the big high-end four and a half to five star matches uh, it hasn't it hasn't always clicked but yeah i suppose they're here it's just that final piece of the puzzle jp mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it is, isn't it? I mean, uh, and the reason why we're being very harsh about this is because, like we've said multiple times, there's a real chance of them kind of making something of, like, in terms of real competition to WWE. But it kind of needs to mean that they have to get their shows that little bit tighter at this point. You see it on Dynamite where, every week. They're always running yeah, out of time. Always. It does feel like they're always running out of time. I think the kind of elephant in the room with this is the, the amount of people they've got mm. and at some point needing to make what will appear to be some very difficult decisions about who they have in and who they don't have in on a regular basis. And because I think the problem is, is there needs to be more focus. I think of the potential storylines they could go. Like I'm thinking to myself, Sammy Guevara versus Malachi Black. Sammy Guevara versus Andrade. Sammy Guevara versus Pac. And you don't have any of those two matches. You know, you, you you think that there is a chance here for them to have some serious kind of focused direction on some things. And what we've perhaps seen, and perhaps it's borne out in the ratings as well, is that it is a bit unfocused. And as much as we kind of watch this on a week-to-week basis, we kind of, we can't, perhaps for those of us who watch all the time, we perhaps can't see the wood for the trees. And these pay-per-views kind of show it up as actually it's kind of hitting the point of like everything being good, but it's, it's still a bloated show Mm. as a pay-per-view and, you know, you can have some excellent matches on there, but do they mean anything if the overall show is going to come out where you guys are? And this is why I'm glad I didn't stay up where you're fucking knackered, (laughs) just absolutely knackered. And you're going to be knackered both of you either way, but really normal bed time for me. (laughs) Yeah. But you, there wasn't like there was something happening in between the matches where they would have been able to take some time off or whatever. Or I would have been else. happy with that though. I think if they went four hours and there was a lot more, like you know, it was it was a bit like you know, it worked to their favor. Bit of fluff. Yeah, when Punk and um, Eddie kind mm. of bombed it out, like that worked for the story of the match. But it did also feel a little bit like, oh fuck, we're getting straight to this match. Like I, I could have sat for a few minutes, had an interview package, or you know, more of a like a you know backstage yeah. segment or something like that. Um, you know, I haven't necessarily got an issue with late four-hour cards. It's more, you know, I don't know, the, the How you structure nature it. of it, yeah. Will says in the chat that it's a show that's the less of, it's it's less than the sum of its that's, parts. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. And that feels like it's the best way of putting it. It kind of feels how we all did, because by the end of it, even when I watched it today, I'm still really confused how overall I feel about it. It's a, it's a good show that could have been better. Mm. could have been actually kind of quite a bit better and how we would react to the main event would have been different if that's coming after two and a half hours rather than three and a half hours i think there's a there's a difference in that um and like you say at times don't listen to all the wrestlers nod your head go yeah good idea and then completely ignore them that's what Heyman would have done and that would have worked 
That is the thing. I, I tweeted that about like um, because you know just to throw one final barrel in there, Jim Russ's commentary. Like you, oh. you've got positives and negatives to having a fan like Tony Khan in charge because he did say on the he was saying on the uh, on the call, on the call afterwards that he had um, every loads of people were texting him saying it was the best AEW of all time, and I was like, oh, I hope he's not listening to those people. But like, I do also think you know the fact that you've got a fan in charge, he's not going to tell you know a Jericho or a Jim Ross when they fucking suck <laughs> and that's you know and he's not going to tell you know the wrestlers when you had a bad idea that is sometimes an issue here yeah. um can we just bin jim ross off can he just go can he just can he, can he just be doing the backstage segments and interviews and wheel him out for Sit a special match if he's, having, if he's having such a terrible time can we just put him out like can we just stop like oh god yeah this was a bad because we'd forgot to be honest to be fair to jr Last couple of months, I'd forgotten about him. It was kind of like he had a quiet couple of months, not many flubs, hadn't really done anything egregious, almost like he'd become white noise and I'd stopped noticing it. I very much noticed him on this night. He was poor, wasn't he? Mm. And it's not just, you know, I can accept people getting the wrong word every now and again and I things do. like that you know say, say, say the wrong thing i was going to say i do it every week on multiple occasions yeah. you know when you listen yeah. to things back it's when you're starting to question his like passion and desire for the products and things and you're thinking about your whole you know your role is essentially to promote what's going on on our screens right now and you know when when he's almost like actively taken away from it in certain instances as well you're thinking like like, come on, where's your professionalism? You know, it's the sort of thing that you'd be jumping all over somebody else for, you know, in you know, in your role, that, that level of professionalism, whereas sometimes doesn't necessarily apply apply the same principles because it's so blatantly obvious, isn't it, when there's stuff going on on screen at times where you just know he hates it and he's not holding back from letting you know that he fucking hates it, you know, he's not even subtle about it. And you think, why do you want this man with the person, you know, presenting and promoting your product especially when there's people out there now like an you know like an ian riccoboni from roh or something like that Leonard. you know he's, he's there that could be just slot yeah. straight into that excalibur who sat next but, to him you know, <laughs> you know there's, there's alternatives there if we have to have more people in the in in, in the booth yeah um, fucking big show rolling in <laughs> the yeah because Jer- jerica no no definitely. <laughs> I, I would say for jr there is in defence of him, I, I think there's a place for him in the back of the, in backstage, behind the scenes, as the disagreeable voice saying the things that maybe that they don't want to hear. I think that's they need someone like that, and they could probably do with more people like that. Yeah. However, when that person is kind of saying it on commentary, it's a bit of an issue then at that point, isn't it? Um, and and so, you know. It's always been the kind of case. I I wonder whether or not you do that. You do the transition away and move him. Like remember when WWE did that, and we were all complaining it was all too early. Mm. Feels like this is the time you do it. Mm. You bring him out for that one big match on like your stadium show, or whatever your big main event, because the wrestlers want their match called by JR. Great, fine. Don't have an issue with that at all. Backstage giving advice helping set a kind of infrastructure for knowing about talent development. Again, incredibly important voice can do that. Backstage interviews, training commentators, stuff like that, all of that. Mm. Just not the actual fucking commentary. You take that take that off his plate, you'll probably be happier as well. Anyway. Agreed. Agreed. But I've been saying it for 20 years, so, you know, I was ahead of the game. <laughs> 
<laughs> he's had fleeting moments. He's yeah. People remember nineteen ninety nine, JR. You're always right eventually, Benno. <laughs> you just stick it out long enough, mate. One day, everyone will agree with me on Christian too. I'll Aww. get there. One day. Uh, um, <laughs> any other thoughts on uh, on the pay per view? Anything else? AW in general? Anything else to mention? Put it to rights there, I think. The hope I have, and I've, I've banged the drum about this for, for quite a while, is what they need is they need some engaging storylines. They've got some really engaging figures that they can tell some really interesting stories with people we've never really seen interact before. And, you know, seeing that Cody tag, there were three people who I'd like, and I was thinking all of them I'd like to see interacting with other people who are on this card because it would be infinitely more interesting and stuff that we kind of haven't seen. Can they get it back on track after this? It'd be interesting because we've got the move to TBS. Feels like the big thing that's coming up. So that show's going to be packed on the Saturday afterwards. They've got that battle for the belts, Clash of the Champions type thing. Really hoping that they can deliver some big matches for that so it can fill the gap until Revolution. And I mean, we say this with AEW all the time, but this feels like it's a crucial little period. Like I think they've got to they've got to up their game when it comes to the actual kind of storylines just get that intensity back up eddie kingston cm punk is a template of how to do it i think they need to kind of get that kind of emotion across other storylines yeah it's it's definitely an interesting time period as well because obviously with the way that ratings have gone of late with you know obviously it's been flipping and flopping between different days and things like that as well there hasn't been that consistency there whereas you know that that built that audience to a certain level and then you know it's sort of dropped away as things have been moved about you know you almost feel like we just need to just get that consistent run where the you know the tv shows in the same place at the same time and you know they've they've got that consistency of what they're working towards as well. You know around you know dynamite and rampage, and again them them two programs not flipping and flopping in terms of which happens first in the week and which happens second and things as they've had to sort of contend with a bit lately as well. But uh, I think it's a critical time period. You know I think when when obviously you know a few a month or so ago with the ratings I was probably the most negative amongst the the lot of us in terms of the you know the position that they were in and just sort of feeling a bit kind of like expected more and hold your horses here and you know I think it's it has been a bit depressing to see as things have moved about that they almost haven't been able to capitalize on where that was and you know certainly the punk danielson stuff hasn't delivered this next you know, this big significant jump in audience size that you'd have hoped even with the the moving about of days. So yeah, we just I just really just want to see them now succeed in this hangman story. Hopefully they've got a nice clear path of where they go next from from this point, given how long that they've built the Kenny Kenny Hangman storyline from, because I don't think they can afford to to shift the bet on 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 that one right now, especially with the way that the the Kenny title reign hasn't, you know, as we discussed last week and we'll discuss more in the future, hasn't necessarily lived up to what we'd have expected for from him. Oh, yeah, that chat's coming. Um, we've got plenty to uh, hold some of that back, but that's definitely, definitely coming. I've got plenty to say on that. Um, but, yeah, I guess we'll uh, 
we'll see what the coming weeks bring. But I think that's as uh, good a place as uh, as any to leave it. Unless uh, any plugs, anything else you want to mention? JP, do you want to give us any more soccer Sunday updates? What's um, what's the fact? Well, finished three nil in the end, quite okay. comfortable after. Um, I, I I I must confess, I don't know how disputed the uh, the VAR overturned Luxembourg goal was, but I don't care really um no what i would like to plug and it's nothing really to do with wrestling but i appeared on the um up next um sesh podcast with davy portman about um series three episode four of succession now completely up to date with series three fucking cracking stuff adrian brody's character as well like oh wonderfully loathsome just seeing someone a man wearing an overpriced beanie <laughs> like, kind of, like, feel annoyed but yeah loved doing that um like really good fun so if you uh yeah that's up on the up next patreon feed so yeah have a listen to that brilliant gareth yeah i just say big thanks to everybody who used the link to order full gear obviously we've talked about it now we've promoted the fact that you could order it through grapple so yeah anyone who did use the link on the, the website uh Huge, uh, huge thanks for for supporting us in um, in, in that particular way. Um, there will be not to go on the massive shill front, but there will be another way that you can support us over the next couple of weeks as well, because we've um, agreed a partnership with Top Rope Brewing to celebrate their um, fifth birthday. So um, they're offering a um, six pack of beers that they've brought out for their uh, their birthday. So we're going to have an exclusive link that will be going up on the Grapple website this week. So. Um, watch our social medias or visit grappleapp.com forward slash support to um, find out a bit more about that, about the different uh, wrestling related uh, craft beers that you can that you can buy and help support Grapple again through that as we get a nice little kickback off them for any sales which uh, which come through that link. But um, something that will be good that we're going to be doing at the end of the month is uh, catching up with the Top Rope guys. They're going to be coming on the Patreon. We're uh, going to be having one of our usual hangouts, but uh, getting them in Involved where we can do a live tasting so if you do want to buy any of those uh, any of those beers you can um taste along with the uh, the lads from top rope and with the uh, benno jp and me as we discuss where the uh, where the ideas for wrestling related beer came from and they tell us a bit more about the um the recipes and styles behind some of these different beers that you can be drinking and having a bit of a q a and asking asking along with those as well so that should be a, a whole lot of fun really just find out a bit more about their their story and uh, getting pissed along the way i was gonna say i was getting quietly pissed <laughs> <laughs> so like that's that's the crucial little thing into it that's as well but, yeah, yeah looking, looking forward. forward to that me too me too so yeah patreon.crapple patreon.com slash grapple for all of that good stuff as I say 5 to 1 our favourite wrestlers of all time with uh, with one Matty Edwards is coming Tuesday as well but yeah other than that thanks everybody for tuning in we'll catch you again next week bye see ya see ya See you.